You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix. It's time for another Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix podcast, but this one is without my mate Rappo, who's currently off sunning himself somewhere in Bonnie, Scotland. So it's down to me, with the help of a few guests and of course our regulars, to bring you the latest Rappo and Deeks for the 11th of February 2022. From the Southern League to the Trelawney. We've got you covered. Things have gone quite well for our Step 3 club, Truer City, in the past week, but Cam Weldon, who keeps us up to date with the White Tigers' progress, is not getting carried away. Not quite yet, anyway. Three points, clean sheet, moving at the table. Cam, you must be getting excited. <laughs> yeah, no, um, obviously, yeah, I think we're in, a, we're in a really good position at the moment. I think we're not going to get too um carried away of ourselves Dave but oh um, come on a... come on <laughs> no you got you got to stay grounded Dave but no um oh. it's it's just football it's a strange old game isn't it like last week it was all doom and gloom we lost after that defeat at Harrow it was all oh no is that the season over all that and but as you say three wins in the last week uh, uh three wins three clean sheets and uh well pushing ourselves up the table now so um, into the top half so I think we really um, I think it's only five points off the playoffs now with at least a couple of games in hand as well so um, we're, we're in a really good position to really kick on now See you're talking playoffs you're getting excited <laughs> Well yeah that's that, that, that's our aim um, that has been our aim I think since about September October time as always to just try and cement ourselves in those playoff positions and um, I've said I say it the league is really difficult and um Anyone can beat anyone, but then we proved that on Tuesday night with the win against uh, Met Police, who are arguably one of the best teams in the league. So, um, but yeah, no, we we can believe Dave, and it's um, it's there is within touching distance. I said there's plenty. So I think it's, I think it is two or three games in hand still, uh, five points off it, and results got to go our way. We're up against um, obviously a couple of the games keep coming thick and fast. Saturday, Tuesday now for the next couple of weeks still. So. Um, yeah, in a couple of weeks' time, you never know. We might we might be in those player positions, but um, top, well, touch wood anyway. But yeah, we're not we're not getting too carried away. <laughs> right. So you mentioned uh, the one 0 win against Metropolitan Police Tuesday, but before that, Saturday you were home to Pool, and uh, well, that sounds as if it is quite a sort of convincing three 0 win. Yeah, I'd, I'd say it was, Dave. I think that's probably the best. It was a really good performance in the team. The, the only real criticism we could have had against the Tiverton game last week was perhaps we um, we dropped to their level a little bit. Tiverton didn't play well, um, but we sort of dropped to their level a little bit. And I think that was probably the only criticism you could have had of us that game. But um, Paul didn't really play well, didn't really create anything. I know their manager wasn't happy in his post-match um, thoughts, but... I think we we didn't we, that didn't happen Saturday. I thought we just lost it from start to finish really, and there was only ever going to be one winner scored very early on. I think it was three minutes in Alex Battle um on his, well played that was only his second game since returning from Crawley and um, Rocky Neal won the ball back in forward area, played it into Alex and put it in the bottom corner, and that was basically um, well it could have been a lot more really. Uh, Owen Bevan got his first goal for the club with a good header. Uh, to make it 2-0 um, and then into the second half it was, I said it was pretty convincing Paul I don't think Hammy really had a save to make he had one very late on but and then they made it 3-0 in the second half where uh, Alex Battle again not the not your, not the prettiest of goals should we say Dave one of these a bit of a scramble in the box but he um, bundled it home and uh, to get his second of the afternoon and a 3-0 win clean sheet and it was a real positive week for us with the Tiverton game on the Tuesday with the the 2-0 win there and um, to win against uh, 
Paul as well, who are another team who you could say a team in playoffs, really, playoff contention alongside us. So, big result. Big result, which set you up nicely for the game midweek, really, didn't it? Metro. Met- Metropolitan Police, which I find difficult to say, um, <laughs> they could have been a difficult opposition, couldn't they? Yeah, well, as I've already mentioned, Met Police are um, they're third in the league for a reason, Dave. They're they're a very good team. Um, they're well managed. Good. Uh, I know Paul even said they're they're good people. They they're well organised and stuff. And they're um they gave us they gave us a good game. But I thought it was one where I, I did think we fully deserved our, our win. Really, I thought we were the better team throughout the the entire game. And I don't. I don't think Hammy really had a, a save to make um, until very late on, where he had to claw it over the bar. But the pitch was well, it's a difficult pitch to play on. Um, I'm not a player, but you can just see. You look at the players; you, see, you feel they were sinking into it at times. But um, the weather, the weather didn't help. Uh, yeah, the pitch cut up pretty badly, but that that's to be expected. I don't know how many games been close to 50 games in this season already, but um, yeah, no, Met Police were again. I thought Truro dominate the game and nil-nil um, at half-time and you're thinking come on this one goal it was never going to be more than two or three goals in it Dave it was always going to be one of those games with the conditions and stuff like it would be one-nil um, and that would probably be that really um, yeah we got the goal second half it was again if Alex Battle's uh, third goal or second goal on the Saturday wasn't particularly the most prettiest of goals I don't think this is one that Ryan Dixon will be watching back a lot but it's um, a corner into the box the goalkeeper's got to punch it sort of missed it um, completely missed the punch or didn't get enough power on it and it's the ball's just landed in the box and Dicko's managed to um, get a foot onto it and knocked it in and uh, Owen Bevan did actually smash it in once it was over the line but um, there's no way we're taking that away from Ryan Dixon uh, we had three angles on it it's definitely Dicko's goal but um, yeah a bit of a scramble in the box but I think that was the sort of um, I think that sort of summed up the, the game really conditions but I thought Truro had a couple of other big chances Rocky Neal came close and uh, Zach Hartley came close as well so it was one where um, if we hadn't have got anything from the game or should we say if we, if we hadn't of even a point we would have been very disappointed even if we just got a point I think we'd have been very disappointed so um, to get all three was perfect and that's now what nine points in my last from a possible nine uh, three wins out of three and most importantly for us I think although the points were most important obviously but it's quite nice having conceded six last week or a couple of weeks ago to um, have three clean sheets on the bounce against three decent teams is, is a real positive for us so we're going in the right direction yeah, and psychologically, I mean, I'm looking at the league table now, and you actually now look as if you are towards the, the top rather than just stuck in mid-table. So even though you're, you're still only ninth, it looks better. So exactly, uh, exactly, Dave. This the games in hand as well is quite key for us. Um, we've got a big game. So I'll mention it later. We've got a big game coming up next Tuesday against a, a potential playoff rival as well. So um, I think we've still got to play Gosport as well in the next couple of weeks, as well as Hayes and Yedding up the top. So um, got some very big games coming up. But yeah, the squad's a bit paper thin at the moment. Listening to what Paul was saying, he said that um, Tyler Harvey is out of the out for the weekend. Niall Thompson's out for the weekend. Rocky Neal's out for the weekend. Um, so we are looking, um, well, I said paper thin really, but uh, I'm sure Paul will. Put, put, put a squad together maybe I did ask him is he close to getting any new players and he said it's proving very difficult to get some people in so um, but I'm sure we'll have a squad ready to go Saturday and I'm sure they'll give it their best best good, well best efforts yeah now that game is away at Tiverton you, you beat them 2-0 recently but it sounds as if uh, um, it sounds as if it might be a, a little bit tougher this time around 
Yeah, well, uh, Tiverton are a, a difficult team. Like the, we, yes, we beat them um, last week, but I said football's a strange old game, and um, you can't think about that. You got to think about the, the, what's what's happening in front of you, and um, we're missing a few key players. But um, and it's one where I think they're they're a physical side, Tiverton. Um, I know they've not had the best of seasons in, in their standards, but they're well coached. Martin Rogers, Scott Rogers, good good people, and. It was a, it was a hard earned two 0 win a couple of weeks ago. Um, it was it was it was comfortable, but it was hard earned. So I think um, it's gonna. We know it's gonna be a tough tough old game, and it's gonna be even tougher when you've not got arguably two your two main strikers and Niall Thompson's a key figure. Will Dean's struggling as well, I think. So yeah, it's gonna be a gonna be a test for us. But as I say every week, Dave, I think every test there's there's not an easy game in this league. <laughs> right and uh, well if there's not an easy game in, in this league certainly there won't be next Tuesday because uh, as you said it's a fellow uh, potential playoff uh, uh, opposition Yate Town isn't it now they're in sixth place at the moment they're, they have actually only played the same number of games as true um, so so is it well six pointer yeah definitely it's a it's a tough old as I, as I said it's a tough game for us Um Yate or a team similar to Truro, I think, a bit inconsistent at times. Um, at, at times this season, uh, we've already we played them away, uh, came up com- pretty comfortable two 0 winners actually, but um, maybe they just had an off night that night. But uh, they, that that is obviously the case. The fact they um, they played where they are in the league table, so we, we you can't really read into that. But it's, as you say, it's going to be a, probably a six point. It's a big game for us. Um, if you win that, and if you win on Saturday, you're in a really really good position. But um, we know how weird football is, Dave. You just say one week you're delighted with how things are going, one week you're absolutely gutted. So um, who knows? But I'm sure we'd like to be confident and think that if we can get, well, if we can, if we're in this position talking next week and we got six points, then um, I'm sure we'll be very happy. Are the likes of Rocky and, and Tyler and Niall likely to be back for the midweek match, or are they out longer than um, that? I I don't know, Dave. To be honest, uh, Paul Paul said it was they were hamstring issues, so mm. um, they could be tight. Uh, it depends how how bad the pull is and stuff, or whether they've actually um, whether it's as much as a strain. I don't know. Um, well, I'm sure we'll find out okay. uh, soon as soon as the time really. But at the moment, they're they're out they're out for Saturday, which is a bit of a big blow for us because, as I said, they're um, well Rocky and Ty. They've got 35 goals between them this season, and it's uh, pretty pretty impressive numbers and. Um, Nile as well, Will Dean struggling as I said. So um, yeah, yeah, we and Scott. Thankfully, we got we got we got a good squad with some good players. So Dan Rooney's the, the Rooney brothers are back as well from injury. They came, they made their first um, appearances against Tiverton on uh, Tiverton against Paul on Saturday, which was always good to see. Um, Lewis been out for two years, really first his first league appearance in two years, and um, Dan's been out since early December with a with a I think it was a groin injury. I think he had so um, to have both of them back is positive. But yeah, it's a bit of a blow to have. Well, when you get two players back, it's a bit of a blow to have three or four go out injured just as you get you think in the squad's getting back to well, better bench and stuff but to have a couple more players out isn't isn't great now it was interesting uh, obviously watching your weekly review uh, and your post-match interviews with with paul uh he was full of praise to, uh for ollie bevin but one name that sort of um has sort of jumped out at me since his return it, yeah real Gowerside has come back in from being at parkway and he's a regular now isn't he yeah, Rio's um, 
a, brill- a really good young player. Like he's still only 21, um, which seems weird, really, because he's been with us since I think I think he signed when he was 17. Um, so it feels like he's been around for years. But no, Rio's um, a real talented lad, and I think he was just I think he just struggled f- uh, for confidence, maybe, or just trying to get even just couldn't really get into the team when he um, at the start of the season and um, the loan move to Parkway was an option for him. Um, we know how well he did there and he's come back and he's full of confidence and arguably I think he's been one of our best players the last couple of weeks Dave so that, that some of the, although he hasn't scored some of the little flicks he's been doing and tricks and stuff it's um, causing defenders all sorts of havoc and um, he's a perfect sort of player and as I said when you've got the likes of uh, although we are missing Tyler and Rocky and stuff you've got uh, three attacking three you could say of Dan Rooney Alex Battle, Rio Garza, they've all grow, they've grown up together. They they've all been at Argyle at stages. They've all they all know each other quite well and they know their style of play. So um, it's, it's fair play. It's well done to Paul, I think, to get a, get a squad together where you're losing Tyler and Rocky, but you've still got those three as a front three who, um, yeah, they, they're young, but they're they're good. They're attacking and they cause plenty of threats to teams. And I don't think any team would want to play against them. Okay, well that's the first team uh, spoken about. Um, what's happening with the reserve side? Uh, so no no game for them last weekend. Um, that was that was due to play uh, Perrin well at home, but that was unfortunately um, called off due to COVID. Uh, with in the Perrinwell ranks, so they've actually got to rearrange some Perrin League game. Um, they was just, I believe they planned to play a friendly against Launceston um, this weekend, uh, but that has been postponed. They've managed to get a league fixture rearranged for the weekend. So they've got uh, they're playing in Luggan at home at Tregai. So right. yeah. um, I'm sure John will be happy with that one. You don't, you'd much rather play. Um, well, a league fixture stuff rather than playing a friendly, especially in the middle of the season. But um, yeah, it'd be nice to. Well, just I think for them, it's just nice to play football again. It's been a couple of weeks off now, so um, to get back into the league and uh, keep 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 their well good season going, really. Right. Okay. What about the under 18s? They in action or not? Uh, no game for them this weekend. No, unfortunately, Dave. Um, they get the weekend off again. Right. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Cam. I'm off now to talk Western League with Dame Bunny from Saltash. Your Cornish Soccer Podcast. Right, then, Dane, ninth in the table is where you are a fair assessment of your season so far, would you say, or not? Um, no, not really. I think I'd like to think we'll finish a bit higher than where we are. Um, you know, I think we've been a victim of, of a bit of a stop start period over the Christmas and early January so hopefully now the games start coming thick and fast we could pick up some points and get ourselves back up to a what we think is a more respectable position. You've been a little bit critical of the fixtures all season really haven't you? Yeah I think I just think <laughs> some of it's mad you know I mean go back to the opening week they sent Tavistock to us on a Saturday and send us to Houston on a Wednesday <laughs> Now, in my mind, that makes more common sense to switch those two around. Um, last week, us in Bridgewater both had a blank weekend. Um, yeah, Bridgewater have got to come to us on a Wednesday night in two weeks' time. So just doesn't make sense, that kind of thing. And then March the 12th, we've got another, we're already three games behind everyone else or the majority of people, majority of teams. March the 12th, we've got a blank Saturday. Uh, it's just a bit bizarre, let's put it that way. Yeah. Some of the some of the planning and the scheduling, I find it a little bit weird. But 
maybe we've been spoiled a bit with Phil Wiscox over the years because he's excellent, isn't he? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's very true. So anyway, this Saturday, Cadbury Heath. Now you lost one nil at their place only a couple of weeks ago. So, so have you got your tactics all worked out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. I mean, they're on a great run. I think I saw something like. I think I saw a stat that they're unbeaten in eight going into the game against Exmouth, and then they've obviously beaten Exmouth, and, and now that means they're obviously unbeaten in nine. So um, it's an unbelievable run considering the position they are in the league. So we can't take them for granted. We're going to have to go out and full throttle and, and, and see where we end up. And it's it's good to see um, Scott Crocker both back playing and also in the goals recently, three uh, three in the last two games. So has he added something to your sort of options? Well, pace for one thing, you know, it's, um, I don't think you can, you know, no, it's the biggest fear for a defender, isn't it? It's pace. Mm. And, um, you know, there's no question in his pace. He's faster than anything I've ever seen. So, <laughs> um, he, he literally petrifies defenders. So he adds that to us. He adds, he gives us that added pace up front. I think, um, playing with a bit of pace as well helps Sam Hughes. And, you know, and for the last half an hour on Saturday, it was Ruben and Scott Crocker up front. So, um, you know, just that, just having pace there just makes other people around them look all that better as well. So, and brings out the best in other people. So, yeah, we've got Scott into a good place at the minute where he's, where he's training, he's playing and, and obviously now scoring goals. Um, and hopefully it continues. You mentioned Ruben Wilson there, um, recently signed from Biddeford, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, how's yeah. he how's he settling in? He's all right, Ruben. He's uh, the problem he's got is he's he's is is from what Ruben tells us is is Biddeford didn't train all that much, um, and there's only so much you can do on your own. Um, and then he obviously had a bit of a false start to the season with an injury, knee injury, and um, and and then just didn't really get a lot of playing time. So he's he's come to us. He's he's a little bit undercooked in terms of match fitness and he's just battling that a bit at the moment but there's no question in his finishing ability um we've seen it in training we've seen it in the few goals he's a couple of goals he scored um the one on saturday he scored was a rocket right into the top corner from about 25 yards hmm. um you know if we can get him up and running in terms of his fitness he'll, he'll be a brilliant asset to us and um he's certainly one one for the future and and you know, if if we don't quite get him to where he needs to be this season, once he gets a good preseason under his belt, I think he'll be a big uh, a big weapon for us next season. Good. And of course, we mustn't forget Tuesday coming. You've got uh, well, you're in League Cup action, aren't you? Away at Buckland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in. Yeah, I think. And then the prize is an away match to Exmouth. So. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but always look forward to playing at uh, Buckland. It's a good setup. Um, yeah, so yeah, don't really know much about the League Cup. I guess it's it's a bit of a funny one. I don't know how serious other teams are taking it, it's, um, but we'll take it serious. It's another trophy, and um, yeah, so we'll, we'll just give it a good go and, and see how far we can get, and hopefully get into go quite far in that competition like we have the other cup we're in. Uh, I won't hold you up any more because I know you've got a curry on the go there at home, but um, I haven't got Rappo this week, so very quickly, can I ask you for your thoughts on the on the, the three West, West League games that are, the other Cornish sides are in? Cleveland, home to Mosel, how's that game going to go? Well, I'll go Mosel, but I don't think it'll be easy. Cleveland seem to have turned the corner recently. They, they, they seem to be going quite well, don't they? So... Um, 
I'll say Mazo win, but what do you want? An actual scoreline? No, no, no. Just, a, no. just, just. I'll your say Mazo win, but it, it won't be an easy, easy one for them. Yeah, because Cleveland beat Bridgewater recently, didn't they? So yeah, they're on right, Cleveland. They, they, you know, I think since like maybe a good six, eight weeks ago, I think they seem to have really turned a corner. They're picking up some good points. No, Halston home to Bridport. I don't think. Uh, it needs rocket size to th- to know what uh, result might go down there at, uh, at Helston. Bridport. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> Helston. Helston will win that. Yeah. I, think, I mean, you've got to give Bridport a lot, a lot of credit, though, haven't you? Yeah, Dave, honestly, when we played them on Saturday, the, their lads didn't stop right right to the final whistle. And, and, you know, I mean, a lot of teams would have just put tools down, and, and but they... You know, unfortunately, they're just not as good as the rest of the league, you know, but mm. you can't fault their effort and commitment. They still run, they still try and chase down, they still try and put you under pressure. You know, it's just a big, vast gap between the ability of, of their squad as a whole and, and everybody else's squad, unfortunately, like, you know, but it's, um, you can't fault their commitment at all, no, but they will get beat and beat handsomely at half. <laughs> right. And, and the final one, Canesham against Millbrook. This could be a bit tricky to uh, predict, I think. Yeah, let's play safe and go for a draw on it. Yeah, I, I don't think really so. know anything about, I don't really know anything about Canesham. Have you not um, played them yet? No, we haven't played them, and I haven't seen them play either. I do need to go and watch them at some point if I can. If if there's a if there's a fixture when when we haven't got a game, but we haven't played. I think we've got them at the end of this month actually um, at home, and then we're not due to play them away until the final fixture of the season. So mm-hmm. um, no, we've actually got um, thirteen games left, and ten of them are against the bottom nine, and three of them are against teams above us, and so it's it's. So it's, them plain, so it's plain sailing, really. Our fixtures were front loaded, like you know. With so you, with you've got an easy run in then, haven't you? Well, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, is, is we're coming up against teams now, which which um, we've played a lot of teams twice. You know, and, yeah. and we're coming up against teams now, which we necessarily haven't played. Um, uh, Twice, or if we played them once, it was a long time ago. <laughs> right. Um, and so it's, you still got Tavistock to go as well, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah, that one's been moved. That one's on a. That's been moved. On, it was Saturday the second. It's just been moved this week to Friday the first at their their request. Oh right, Friday night game. Yeah, I think they just wanted it on a Friday to help with the crowd because I think Parkway at home on the Saturday. So they they just uh, they just seen an opportunity there to, to make a few more quid I think and good idea. Um, I got no no real problem. I'm not necessarily a fan of Friday night games to be honest. We've had loads of requests from teams in the past and we've always said no. You know, um, there's a couple of reasons why this time it kind of works for us. So good. So we've said yes. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for that, Dane. No, I I mentioned your curry. What sort of curry is it? Uh, it's only a basic homemade one, Dave. Nothing special. It's, it's all, I, all sorts of I, stuff chucked in, yeah, eh? Yeah, she's making it. I was literally stood there staring at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a, that makes a change. <laughs> yeah, not like me to stir the pot. No, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for that, Dane, and uh, good luck for Saturday. Yeah, OK, Dave, no worries. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. On to the Southwest Peninsula with, of course, League Secretary Phil Hiscox. Right then, Phil, I think things are fairly quiet on the ground, aren't they, at the moment? Nothing much yeah. happening? 
No, I mean, the good thing is for, for this time of year, most of the games are being played, but a full house of the ones that were scheduled were played last Saturday, so that was good. Yep, no uh, waterlogged pitches, no COVID, um, everything's turning out okay, isn't it, actually? At the moment, at the moment, yeah, fingers <laughs> crossed, touch wood and all that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, so what, uh, you went to Bobby Tracy, what's the ground like now that they've had it redone? You can still see some of the sort of drainage channels that were dug, and I think this was always the part of the reason why they, they weren't able to play back on it for a period of time. They are fading now, but you can see where the pitch has been dug up and, and drainage channels there. But um, they're very pleased with it. They say the normal sort of wet spots are no longer wet, so hopefully that's that's done the trick. Can't complain about that then. So. No, no. And the game itself was. Uh, so it was one of those where it just seemed to drag on forever. There was injuries and stoppages and even half time we'll start the second half. Both teams were out and they were waiting for the referee and linesman. It's like, get on with it. <laughs> yeah. And Elbow won the, the league's team of the week, I think, didn't they? They did, yeah. Yeah, they, they did very well, really. They got a very young side at Elmore, and uh, they won 3-1. Bobby had been in a bit of form. They'd, they'd won at least certainly the last couple of games before then. Um, and Elmore... To very well, particularly because uh, conceding the, the goal at 1-1 after about half an hour, the goalkeeper sort of bashed the back of his head against the inside of the, the goalpost, oh, uh, and he had to go off to the hospital for for sort of concussion. I think he's all right, yeah. Um, but um, yeah, Elmore played with an outfield player in goal for an hour of the game. He right. kept a clean sheet. So Did he have to right. make any saves or not? Not to be fair, he didn't have an awful lot to do, but. <laughs> But even so, you know, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. it's funny that, isn't it? When a, how many times have you seen a game where the goalie's gone off injured, and the, the opposition never pepper the goal from there on? They, no. You know, no. you would have thought they'd shoot from anywhere, wouldn't you? You would, you would. Yeah, doubt no, it was never really tested. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, let's yeah. test you a bit this week because um, we haven't got Rappo with us this week. He's, he's oh, got right. the week off, um, so we need to look at the fixtures coming up. Saturday, um, yep. and let's you know perhaps have your expert advice um, yep. for anyone. There's certainly, a couple of couple of big games on Saturday. Well, they? yeah, I mean the first one obviously is concerning. Uh, well, for me, the first one is concerning the only Cornish club in the East Division. Yes, and uh, um, a little matter of uh, Brixham hosting Torpoint Athletic. Yes, yes, that is probably the crunch game. Um, certainly, you know, both clubs looking at their fixtures, that, that's the one that they've been waiting for. Torpoint won the home game, but of course this game is at Brixham. Um, Brixham currently seven, eight points behind Torpoint, but with a game in hand. So certainly, obviously, a Brixham win would make that five points with a game in hand, and, and you're back into the territory of mm. what one game swings it. <clears throat> Um, for Tor Point, I, I would guess if they can avoid defeat at Brixham, then they're pretty well, pretty well home and dry. Although I would say, Oakhampton, who keep picking up points, I know they've played too many games, they'll probably be quite happy if Tor Point and Brixham draw with each other. Yeah, that's true. It'll help them, won't it? So, uh, Oakhampton's confidence must be sky high at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I can't recall the last, last time they lost. They, they certainly seem to be churning out result after result. And, uh, yeah. Right. OK. And Torpoint surprised us all a little bit last Saturday by not 
scoring double figures. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit bit more normal, wasn't it? They uh, they had uh, credits and uh, half decent side credits, and to be fair, and that was three one, wasn't it? So that was a bit more like normality. And after today, just checking before we leave the East Division, Oakhampton themselves away to Axminster. They've got a little bit of a test themselves on Saturday. Yeah, that could be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Axminster sort of had some good results, but they haven't sort yeah. of been that as consistent as perhaps they would have wanted. Although the one consistency they do have is they are the, the league, and that's both divisions, draw specialists. Ah. Yeah, eight, eight draws, more than anybody in either division. Right, OK. Well, let's move into Cornwall, and, um, well, let's go down through the list. Bodmin against St Dennis. Well, you have to... Both sides need a win, don't they? It, it's odd, isn't it? You're talking Bob, a game at Bobbin, and Bobbin is still in the bottom five. In fact, even if they win on Saturday, they're still in the bottom five. Yeah, things um, aren't going for them at all, really, are they? Not really, no, not really. They, they, even if they do seem to get a result, then they, they seem to go back to square one the week after, don't they? Yeah, and um, that, that's... That, that, sorry, I was going to say, that defeat last Saturday, 6-0 at St Blaise, I can't remember the last time Bobbin conceded six goals. No. No. The only thing I'd say in Bobbin's favour is, is the fixtures now do fall very kindly. They've got St Dennis at home on, on Saturday with Bolton, and the following week they've got Sticker at home, who are also one of the few sides below them. Right. So really, Bodmin need to sort of... Well, they've got an ideal chance to, to get back to a little bit of form and, and pull away from any, any trouble. Yeah. And, of course, St Dennis, they've got to start getting some points, haven't they, with this uh, yeah. the way that the, the, uh, the FA are you know, doing the relegation thing? Yes, yeah. I mean, uh, interesting on that one. Uh, did we see? I don't know. Our listeners saw that uh, a team pulled out of the Wessex League First Division, which is another Step Six League this week. A team called Infinity <laughs> didn't last very long. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they apparently were ground sharing at the ground that Team Solent at Southampton University used to use. Right. Um, and I, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but the, the ground share arrangement has been cancelled mid-season, which technically, if the paperwork had been right, shouldn't have been legally possible. No. But but I don't know whether they breached any of the terms. Mm. Uh, but again, it's another vacancy now at step six in the, gra- the grand scheme of national things. Right. So that so helps, Dennis? It doesn't hurt. It, it means that there's another Step 7 club that needs to come up to fill a vacancy before you start relegating teams. Yeah. It's all very confusing. I find this oh, t- it totally is. confusing, to be honest. But, uh, <laughs> but St Dennis, you need to win uh, a game. <laughs> yes, yeah, St Dennis, yeah. They, well, just need, they need to win some yeah. games, not one yeah. game. But, uh, yeah. Right. Callington, St Austell. Uh, Callington picking up, and they, well... They're going for Rapper and I, you know, tipping them for a top six finish, I think. No chance. <laughs> no chance. I told you at the start, no chance. They're still ten points clear and they've only got nine games left. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> Be positive. You are, you are, I will give you the credit. You're absolutely right. After a, a pretty abysmal start, Callington are probably one of the form teams now. Uh, and uh, I, I mean, I've nominated them several times in the recent weeks for Team of the Week. Uh, they, they do seem to be now, like say, chalking up win after win. Um, and, and so yeah, yeah. There's every chance they're going to finish mid-table now, which, considering where they were, sort of September, October time, is, is an achievement. Yeah. St. Austell picked up a good point last Saturday against uh, at, at home to Liscard. Yes. Yeah. Seen they haven't played for ages. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, because they were meant to have played St. Dennis the week before, and they a, they were out of the cup and things, so they've had a bit of a blank period. But yeah, decent point. Right. Penryn home to Liscard. Now, poor old Penryn seemed to be going through the. 
the 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 uh, the middle a little bit at the moment. Um, struggling, I'm assuming, struggling for players a little bit, and uh, yeah, obviously the, picked the, up a big defeat last Saturday. Yeah, there's been a bit of an exodus of players, not a mass exodus, but a bit of an exodus of players, and uh, uh, I guess they're sort of just plodding on for the to the end of the season now. It's uh, but it'd be a shame, really, because their, their first season. Uh, it was a shame. I mean, similar with with Ottery in the East Division, isn't it? That, yes, uh, that's true. Um, two, two clubs there that came up in the summer started quite brightly, um, but now probably just be quite happy for the season to end. Yeah, and Liscott, of course, dropping points recently. Uh, the last two games, they can't afford to drop many more, can they? Otherwise, no, they're handing no. the title over to Falmouth. Yeah, it's already getting well. It's, it's ominous already, isn't it? But you, you're right. Every point Liscott dropped just makes it even more certain. Yeah. Now, Penzance versus Godolphin. Yes. What can you say about this one? Well, two sides who haven't got a haven't had a win for a long time. Hope well, maybe one of them will win. They could both draw. Uh, to be <laughs> fair, Godolphin, Godolphin have had a, picked up a few draws recently, haven't they? They haven't. Yeah. They're not been terrible. Um, they, 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 I know they, they drew. I think week before last. Drew uh, last Penzance. Saturday, Lanson. Uh, yeah, well. yeah, drew last Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Penzance probably need the win more. Um, yeah, it'll be because Penzance had only four wins all season. So yeah. yeah. In fact, a they chance didn't. for them to get something. Yeah, in fact, I'm looking at the wrong week's results because Godolphin lost last Saturday. It was a week before. You're quite right, as you always yeah. are. Uh, yeah, they drew it at Lanson, so <laughs> <laughs> I should have left it to you, shouldn't I, really? But, um, um, Sticker at home to Camelford. Now, let's get this right. Sticker won on Saturday. Camelford got a useful point at Wendron. Yes, yeah. Although they were two 0 up, they'd probably be disappointed to only only have drawn at Wendron because they were two 0 up away from home and, and only drew. Um, you you would think Camelford would, would have enough, but uh, Stickers, yeah, a decent side on their own pitch still. Um, so I, I, I don't know. I could see another draw there. Could yeah. see a draw there. That was actually a good win last Saturday for them against Waybridge because Waybridge, who we're going to talk about now, they they yeah. had a useful win themselves the week before. At Penzance, so I I thought it, I I expected Weybridge to beat Sticker, but how are yeah. they going to do it home to Wendron? Uh, well, who knows? I mean, I'm just looking at their record: uh, 22 games, won 10, lost 10. <laughs> so consistency is not really their their forte, is it? It's mm-hmm. uh, and the goal difference is one of the narrowest, if not the narrowest in the league, just minus two. So they're, they're the closest to having a level goal difference in the entire division as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wendron. I mean, they've had a, a, above expectation season, haven't they? Um, yeah. I, I, full of praise for Wendron when, where I've seen them. You know, they're, they're, if you talk about sides, you know, we, we, talk, we mentioned earlier to me about people like Bob and St. Austell being in, in the bottom five or six. Uh, Wendron in the top four have, have punched above their weight all season. Yeah. And they're saving themselves for the senior cup something against Sultash, I think. Well, they do very well in cups, don't they? they, they in the last few years, they, they've been in senior cup and Walsley Boston semi-finals. So, yeah, on their day, a decent side, Wendron. Um, Could yeah. Weybridge Wendron be another draw? Do you think? Uh, possibly, but I, I fancy Wendron. Oh, you do, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Now we've missed one out. That's of on course. purpose. Um, yes. Falmouth at home to St Blasey. Now this should get a good attendance by all accounts. Yes, for two reasons. Uh, Falmouth actually earlier in the season uh, asked me to make sure I didn't move this particular fixture for any particular any reason, right. uh, because they were having a re- reunion of the uh, 
sort of glory day squad, aren't they, yeah. down there? Um, so it, it's a fixture that Falmouth have highlighted as, as one that they, they want to make a special occasion of. Uh, and then added to that, some Blazy I know, have uh, arranged, I believe, two coaches now. Yes. Uh, where, where are all uh, these Blazy supporters suddenly coming from? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I fancy a day out, don't I? Yeah. But, uh, it's good to see, and we are cracking atmosphere at Bickford Park. If the away team have a decent following as well, because we know obviously <laughs> the F Troop will make sure that the home team has a good following. Yeah. Now, and also, could St Blazy actually spring a surprise? They must be, you know, really up for it after that six-nil home win against Bodmin. Yeah, I mean, we've always been looking, haven't we, about where Falmouth might drop points. Obviously, they've still got this guard to play one more time, haven't they? Yeah. So that's a, a potential. Uh, but they haven't played St. Blazy yet. Uh, the game earlier in the season was postponed and is now very late in the season uh, at Blaze Park. Uh, and obviously, the, the meeting this week at Falmouth. St. Blazy, possible, aren't they? It, it certainly. Yeah, I, I would imagine Andy Westgarth will be making sure that his players are switched on, that this is a potential banana skin. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, you know, it's, uh, Godolphin obviously must have worked their socks off last week to be 1-1 at half-time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Falmouth that... have quality over the pitch, so you know, I, I still fancy Falmouth... To, 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 I'm beginning to think Falmouth will set the record in, in terms of going a whole season 100%. Are you? I am, yeah. And, mm. and actually, I, I say that after having watched them lose at Oakhampton. I thought, actually, in a roundabout way, that was the perfect mm. um, sort of result for Falmouth in terms of their league position. Mm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, not in terms of winning the League Cup, but, mm. but it, it, it was a kick that they probably needed, uh, a focus for the, the, the run into the season. Um, and I'm sure Andy Westgarth will, will make sure that you know each time that they take the field now, you know, it's not a done deal before you walk out. As I said, Godolphin last week, one-one at half time. Teams, you know, do raise their game and work against them. It's up to Falmouth to, to win their battles and, and win the game. But I do believe they have the quality to do it. Yeah, that that was a bit odd, wasn't it? That Godolphin doing so well in the first half, uh, well, for 50 minutes, one all, and then conceding six goals. Yes, yeah. And that, that's the danger, isn't it? Is that Falmouth do possess scorers all over the pitch. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, even James talking. Ward must be... Uh, oh, he's, I think he's just kept into double figures. Yeah. You've got... Um, yeah, it's not just the oh. Bray Evans and Brabin. You know, Brooke Blino and Barner are yeah. both... Yeah, they, they've really got four or five... That yeah. I'm sure will end up. Well, I'm sure there are at least five in double figures by the end of the season. Yeah, could do with uh, um, Jack Bowie also getting up there, seeing his name begins with a B, couldn't we? Yes, yes, yes. I, I did notice he, he did come off the bench on Saturday, but I don't think he scored. Yeah, so, but they're going well. Um, interesting. You you put your neck on a chopping block there, suggesting they could well go all. You know, thir- uh, how many games is it? Thirty. Thirty. How many 32. 32. 32. So they've still got 12 to go. Whew. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well put the pressure on. I'm, I'm sure they're putting the pressure on themselves after this run. I'm sure they are <laughs> as well. And, uh, could, and so they should. You <laughs> could be being a, playing a little bit of devil's advocate here by tipping them and putting even more pressure on them. Hey, hey, hey. Right. Now, you mentioned um, uh, the reunion of one of one of their glory day squ- squads. It's the season 96-97. I'm off to talk to Andrew Street, who was captain of that side. Thanks very much for this week, Phil. 
No problem. Your Cornish Well, I've just been talking to the uh, South Ash Prince of League Secretary, Phil Hiscox, and he mentioned that the reunion of one of uh, Falmouth Town's Glory Day squads, and uh, I've got the captain, Andrew Streets, of the 96-97 side with me. Now, what is happening on Saturday? Um, Okay, so um, I think, obviously, uh, Westy, Johnny Perro, um, and the F Troop have sort of organised for uh, the 96-97 squad, um, and to be fair, and, and, and any player also that played under Dave Ball during his time as manager, um, to come down as guest of honours to to watch the game against St. Blasey. Um, and then afterwards, they're going to do a little sort of introduction to the players in, in the clubhouse afterwards, uh, which is a really nice gesture. Are you ready for all this uh, fame? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's, tw- it's, it's 25 years ago, Dave. And it's, um, I can't believe where the time has gone. Yeah. It only seems like yesterday, but um, no, 25 years ago, can't believe it. Yeah. And are, are there going to be a lot of players going down there or what? Yeah, um, I think there's probably 16, 17, 18 players. Oh, right. um, so we've we've had a bit of a rally round and and got hold of people and they're all very interested to come down and watch the game. Uh, but more importantly... We're all meeting up at the Falmouth Hotel afterwards for a meal and a few drinks, and some of us are staying the night. So oh. it's going to be a, it's going to be a great evening. Lovely, right? That's good. Do, do you actually see many of your your old teammates nowadays, or what? No, uh, sadly not. The, the the players that I do sort of keep in touch with, obviously, is my brother Adrian, yeah. um, Andy Parr, um, great friends with Andy, um, and we we bump into some some players like Rappo, Steve Olstead, um and um we we keep in touch but um no not 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 uh yeah. not in touch that often. Good. Right. Exactly. So this this will be a, a, a well a, you know a good memory test for you guys, won't it? And uh, <laughs> I think I've already tested you slightly by by asking you to come on the podcast to be honest and uh, probably panic through you went through you when I uh, suggested it. Uh, but uh, absolutely. <laughs> but if we I've I've done a little bit of homework and hopefully you know you can remember some of it as well. But um yeah, so 96 97 um, yeah. well, let's first mention that there was a lot of coming and going during the summer, wasn't there, of players? Oh, gosh, yeah, huge. Um, you know, from Ray Nichols, obviously, was a manager for two seasons prior to that. Um, and he'd, you know, he'd, he'd retained the likes of uh, Phil P, uh, Mark Rowe, um, I think uh, Ian Goslin, uh, he signed Andy Waddell. You know, there were some absolutely brilliant players down there. Um, and obviously when Ray uh, stepped down due to work commitments, everything seemed to go pear-shaped. Um, a few players left. You know, Philippe went to Paul's Levin. I think Mark Rowe and Gozzi went to Truro. Andy Waddell went to Bodmin. And, uh, yeah, one of the uh, key, key sort of incidents really was going to the first pre-season training session. And I think it was myself, my brother Sage, um, Dave Sweet, uh, Justin Ashburn, and I think Alan Lenton was there. There was, I think there were five of us turning off the first pre-season training session. <laughs> um, Andy Parr had gone to St. Hostel. Um, he had a lot of friends in St. Hostel, and I think they sort of talked him into going to St. Hostel, and he, he went there. So 
we we literally had a, a squad of five at the start of the, the first training session. So winning any uh, league title would have been far from your thoughts. Uh, absolutely, um, and I know I, I mean, you know I remember the training session really really well because we just sort of looked at each other and thought, I, I won't swear, <laughs> but what's going on here? Um, only for Borley and Box obviously to you know very quickly come along and say, don't worry, we've got a few. Um, few ideas. Box mentioned that he's, you know, there's a, there was a really talented um, Cornwall youth team, and he sort of had conversations with four or five of those. Um, and then over the course of the next sort of two weeks, you know, the squad sort of built itself, and you know, and um, uh, you know, Justin Ashburn was instrumental in sort of getting Lee Cansfield to join. And I think when Lee Cansfield joined, that sort of sprung Andy Wright. Um, Paul Sidey, Jason Carwardine, Lee Fox, and and suddenly within two or three weeks we had a we had a squad. And you mentioned the county youth players; um, they were probably the likes of Paul Walters, Luke Hodge, yeah, and a and a little Gary Wielden. Little Gary Wielden, Dale Band, yeah, four four great lads, great players, um, young, very very hungry to impress, worked really hard, and. Um, yeah, good good players. Now, Dave Philp, obviously, brilliant keeper. We all know, yeah. we all remember him. But Sid Taylor was the man who came in in his place, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Dave Philp uh, decided to go to play for Paul Levin, Um And then that, that freed up Sid, who was the Paul Levin keeper. And Sid came came to us. Um, 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 <laughs> the least said about Sid, the better great keeper. Um, <laughs> really good keeper, but an, a nightmare on the pitch and even worse off. Um, <laughs> well, so I'm not, not looking forward to seeing him Saturday night because I'm sure things will happen. <laughs> Why was he a nightmare on the pitch? Well, he just, um, he, he was, he, he loved to take the mick. Um, <laughs> you know, I remember a game, I think we played, um, sorry, but we played Paul Flevin in the charity cup final. And I think we won three nil. Somebody, somebody shot. And, and typically he, the ball was going about six six meters or six foot wide, uh, and he dived over the ball, just taking the mark. And I'm just thinking, oh, you're asking for trouble here, Sid. But that, that, that was that was Sid. He was just a great character, and obviously very confident of his own ability. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> out, out, outstanding. He was a you know, we, when we lost Philpy, I thought, oh crumbs, you know, yeah. another brilliant goalkeeper. Um, but yeah, we got we got Sid uh, equally as good. And David Ball, he became the manager. Now, were you surprised he took it on, or or not? Um, I think I think when uh, we heard that Ray was stepping down, I think we almost we all went up to Borley to sort of say, "Come on, Borley, t- <laughs> you know, take over." He was he was sort of coming towards the end of his playing career, um, having had a fantastic career himself. Um, and I know he he had a huge work commitments himself, but. Uh, yeah, we 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 wanted him to take over, and unfortunately, he did. Was my surprise uh, partly, but he was just the right fit because he's you know, again, uh, you know, he was a great character, a great player. He had lots of contacts, um, and ably assisted by Keith Barker. Did um, Did Bawley ever get annoyed in the changing room? Because he he always <coughs> came across as being a pretty calm sort of chap. Yeah, yeah, he tried to get annoyed, um, and occasionally he would sort of raise his voice. But you know, as players, we—and uh, I'm sure it happened in every in changing room—but 
we would we would just take the mic. We would just laugh and joke um, and to the point that he would sort of almost be banging his head against a brick wall. But um, you know, he he was he was very calm. He he, he didn't get angry. Um, you know, he tried to rally rally us if we were struggling or whatever. Just just a good manager, good player, good manager. Yeah. Obviously, so it's lots of changes during the summer. I can't believe that your first league game of the season was against the old rivals, True City. I mean, who was the fixture <laughs> secretary, for goodness sake? I know. I know. And we we played them the week before in the St. Austin Brewery Cup final as well, Yeah. Um, which we, I believe we won 3-2. Um, yeah. But yeah, first first game against Truro, they were the, uh, the current champions. Uh, hell of a squad, great manager. Um, obviously just signed Mark Rowe and Gozzi. Um, and again, from memory... Um, you know, they 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 went two 0 up very quickly. Uh, within the first twenty minutes, we were two 0 down, and you know we're thinking, oh hell, we're going to be taught a lesson here. Um, but from memory again, I think Lee Cansfield scored um, in the first half to get us back to two one, um, and then in the second half, it just was totally different. We we were the sort of uh, we matched them. It was a bit of a um, a non-entity, non-entity of a game for the first sort of 20 minutes or so of the second half and then I, I think it was Gary Wilden who, who played a brilliant ball through to, to Dale Band uh, put him through in a one-on-one with Denny Sunia uh, and he scored to make it two all and then we had a you know a terrific sort of five or ten minutes where Lee Cansfield scored the third and then Wrighty with his sweet left foot scored a free kick to put us 4-2 up mm-hmm. to win the game it was a, just a dream start, yeah. an absolute dream start against a really good side. Yeah, Lee Cooper was uh, manager of True at the time, yeah. wasn't he? So uh, yeah. knew a bit about the game. Absolutely. He was yeah, a really nice bloke, um, very good manager, great football career himself, and he built up a very, very strong Truro side. And going into that game, I mean, there were people that was suggesting that Falmouth were in for a poor season. Yeah, I don't think the hopes were high from anywhere outside the squad. Um, uh, you know, I think the club was mentioning, you know, if we can finish in the top six, it would be a great achievement. Um, I think, you know, when you're looking at the, all the newspaper cuttings before the season started, um, I don't think we were sort of mentioned that we were going to do anything special. But as a group of players, and having played with, you know, Especially the you know, the young lads who were really hungry. Um, we we had a you know a, we thought we could do something. Um, I didn't think we would do what we did, <laughs> but I thought we could win something. Maybe not the league. I thought we could win a cup. But uh, the whole team just gelled. It was it was just brilliant. It was uh, every game was you know we were confident. We we just had, we just had a great a great group. Uh, we trained really hard. Um, and on the days, you know, it uh, it, it generally worked. We, you know, we we, we had a great season, yeah. well, a terrific season. Yeah, well, that's right. Uh, winning the the league, the league cup, and the Cornwall Senior Cup, and of course that Cornwall yeah. Senior Cup. Well, it took you two games. Yeah, uh, against you know everyone's you know looks at it against an East Cornwall side, um, but that, they were full of players that could have easily have stepped up and played South Western League. Uh, and if Nampian had been in the South Western League, they would have finished in the top six. They were a terrific squad of players. Um, they beat Truro in the semi-final. Um, arguably, they should have won the, the first 
uh, first match, the actual final, um, at one all when um, Solly went round the keeper, um, and he could have walked the ball into the net, um, but he went to he went to tap it in, and it hit the the divot where Sid Taylor used to put the ball to at the six yard area, um, <laughs> and you know, and he, he skewed it wide. Um, no one would have thought it. He wouldn't have thought it. You know, he's a great forward. He could have easily just sort of tapped that in. We were just lucky that Sid Divot was in the right place at the right time. I mean, Jerry Solomon, uh, he must he must hate talking about the Cornwall Senior Cup finals, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> well, we, we wind him up every year about it. Um, <laughs> and we played veterans football for a period together. And, um, yeah, he, again, another great player that could easily have played uh, at a higher level. But like so many, they, they enjoy playing with their mates. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, but it's what it's one that you probably will never ever forget. No, that's right. I was at the far end watching. I can still remember seeing that ball bobble. Yes. As he touched it, and I thought, "Oh no!" <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I think everybody was in total shock because I think there was only about four less than ten minutes to go, um, and that we thought, "Well, that's it. It's, it's a goal. We got you know." And I generally thought he was over, and I just couldn't believe it. Um, mm. We you know. We were very fortunate. Yeah. Now, in the replay, it had a bit of everything, really. Two sending-offs, a penalty, and a late winning goal. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think Lee Fox and uh, Solly had a set two. Yeah. Um, I think Solly reacted first, and Foxy reacted afterwards. Uh, there's a there's a, a great photo of myself looking at the referee and the card, and it almost looks like it's me being sent off, but it was both Lee Fox and Solly that got sent off. Uh, I think shortly afterwards then, um, they had a very quick um, Nickersbill up front. I think Sage was a little bit late on him, uh, giving a penalty away. So we were 1-0 down and thinking, there we go again. Uh, but, you know, we reacted quickly. Jason Carwarding scored. Uh, and then uh, Lee Cansfield, an absolute beauty um, to, win, to win it. Um, who it, passed, it was who passed the ball to him, though? Well, I just got rid of it as quickly as I could. I think. <laughs> uh, my legs, had, my legs had probably gone. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a yeah. I I just uh, passed to him. I didn't have the strength to shoot myself. And uh, he's you know Lee on his day. Some of the some of the strikes, some of the goals he scored were just outstanding. And that was one hell of a strike um, against a very a very good goalkeeper. Um, you know, Gary Penaligan had played exceptionally well in both finals. And the replay, well, the replay in the final, um, and he took a goal of that standard to beat him. Really, yeah. We've mentioned uh, the the partnership of Lee Cansfield and Justin Ashburn very quickly, but yeah. I'm imagining that they actually worked very well together. They did, yeah. Both very intelligent footballers. Yeah, Jimmy, a, a great player, played with him for many years. You know, through Newquay, through Falmouth, superb player. And yeah, they both, as I say, very intelligent footballers. Both could strike a ball. Um, scored some cracking goals and, and yeah they played really well together mm. and brought other players into the game brilliantly very good now that's so that's a Cornwall Senior Cup done and dusted and at that time I think you were actually Farmer Town were actually on a pretty good run weren't you so you must have been yeah. picking up confidence every game was the league title still a far distant thought or were you beginning to have you know real um, yeah. you know yeah. visions of picking it up 
yeah, it, we were beginning to think it was in touching distance. Um, but we, you know, being in all the competitions, really, games were coming thick and fast. Um, we didn't have a huge squad. And, you know, it, it started to show as the, as the season progressed, the legs were getting tired. And we, you know, we had a, we had a sort of a tough run in, really. Um, you know, we had Paul Slevin, we had Bodmin. But it was, yeah, we were thinking, you know, it, it's, it's there. We can, we can win this. Um, and we had a, a brilliant goal difference over Truro. Mm. Um, so yeah, we generally thought we could, we could do it, but you know, the, it's, we started to get the jitters towards the end, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Now, and it went, it really did go down to the wire though, didn't it? Because you mentioned goal oh. difference there. You, you did have a lot better goal difference, but it was a funny old goal that clinched it, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it was. Um, I think we were, we were one all. Um, against Bodmin, um, Churro had a, 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 an easier fixture, which I think they did win comfortably. So you know, if it had stayed as a draw and Churro had won, we would have lost the league. And it, it took a, a fluky goal. Uh, it was a free kick inside our own half. Dave Sweet just literally just launched it into the box it, for some strange reason. It just it, no one attacked it or whatever, and, and the ball bounced, and it was going over. Uh, the keeper's heading and Baker's head into the net, but it was an indirect free kick. So if he'd have left it, it wouldn't have counted. Um, but he, he jumped up and clawed at it and touched it with his fingers and, and it went into the net. And of course, it was a goal. It was just a, 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 well, a strange way to end the season, really, but a great, a great result for us. And, and we won the league. It was, yeah, fantastic. <laughs> You mentioned the goalkeeper there, Ian Baker, but I think I think it was Simon Burtonshaw, wasn't it, the Bodmin keeper? Oh, was it? Yeah. Was it Simon? Oh, yeah, Ian Baker was a true, wasn't it? Yeah, it's just yeah. so that we yeah. you know, don't have Ian Baker yeah. complaining about it. But, sorry, um, sorry, Ian. <laughs> but, yeah, funny, isn't it, how, you know, just that little touch and, well, yeah. it, it gave you the title. Now, so what did you do that evening? Not a lot, really. We stayed in the bar and had a few drinks just to celebrate. Um, I think I think we were on the pitch for quite some time and stayed in the bar for a few drinks, but it, we didn't do a lot because we knew we had the League Cup final coming up. Oh, yeah, so, I forgot that. Yes. Yeah. So you had a treble on the coming close to grabbing, didn't you? <clears throat> yes. Yes, and that was against Truro at Newquay. And, you know, again, we... We, we just we just went out there thinking that you know if we could win this as well that's fantastic but we'd got the double but we wanted to win it yeah we really wanted to win it we wanted to to have the three trophies did, um, did you have any say in this game or not no not really <laughs> um, <laughs> not really you're so modest <laughs> <laughs> well yeah no no it was it was it was brilliant to to actually to score the winning goal. Oh, um, is that all? It, is that all? Yeah, no. <laughs> we, we we had a we had a brilliant start. We we flew into a two goal two goal lead. I mentioned earlier about Justin. He's got a of a strike on him. He scored an absolute beauty. Um, Tristan Wood unfortunately scored an own goal. Jimmy scored a cracker. We were two 0 up, and um, everything looked brilliant. But Turo fought back to get back to two all, and take it into. Extra time and yeah, I just the cross came in, the ball came over and I just I I couldn't do much more than hit it with my left foot and it fortunately went in bottom corner, three two and and yeah and we won the treble, amazing <laughs> amazing. Of course that would a that was a bank holiday Monday wasn't it? So yeah, I, I suppose everyone had work the next day. 
Yes. Yes. So it was a few, just a few drinks and, um, and, and um, back home and off to work. Um, but Falmouth had always, always treated us really well. And we had an end of season um, do uh, and we had two nights at a hotel. Ooh. So the first night it was just the, the team. And then the, the second night it would be the team plus their partners and wives. Right. Um, That's good. So the, oh, fantastic. And the, the first night was chaos. <laughs> so that, that was that was the time to celebrate, and I, I can't go into that for legal reasons. No, no, please don't. No. <laughs> no, but yeah, it was it was a brilliant way. The club always did that for us. It was a, a great gesture, and uh, we had a brilliant evening. So all in all, I mean, you had a brilliant evening, but it was a brilliant season, wasn't it? Uh, absolutely. Um, I think the the, um, uh, the the speeches in the evening. Um, by the, the, the chairman, by the manager, it was just, it was, you know, an unbelievable achievement, really, and the one that uh, we were so proud of. Um, it just, it just, everything seemed to work. Yeah, um, it, it's uh, funny though, isn't it, how that happens sometimes with a team? You, you know, yeah. you struggle or you might not have the best eleven, but somehow it just gels, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, it was, um, it was absolutely right. It doesn't, it doesn't always happen. Um, there were some great, great teams that season. Uh, and I, I would say that the team we had under Ray Nichols, you know, the players we had, should, we should have achieved more. So um, sometimes it doesn't matter what you have. It's, it's, it's how, how well you work together and how well you gel together. Yeah. And we, we, it just all worked for us. It was just, it was brilliant. Great. And, um, well, you were telling me earlier in the week that you had, what, 22 seasons playing at Southwestern League level? So, um, yeah. th- this, well, this, I mean, you've had some pretty good seasons all round, haven't you? So where does this one rank in your playing days? Uh, yeah, it has to be the top, without any shadow of a doubt, to, to, to win a treble. Um, it has to be the, the ultimate, really. Um, I, I do remember you know, my first Southwestern League title at Bugle, um, my first uh, senior cup final win. I remember all those things, but this has to be, you know, the ultimate ruling. Really. Um, yeah, to win a treble is just, just outstanding. And you were captain. I was. Yeah, Dave Ball made me captain. Um, thank you, Dave. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I had the privilege to, to go up and pick up every trophy, which was really <laughs> nice. Really uh, nice. Was it difficult being captain of the side, or did everyone sort of pull the weight, and you didn't have to do a, an awful lot of yeah, bollocking no, and all that sort of stuff? No, no. I think there was more than just me as captain. We had some great characters on there, some great leaders. Um, I didn't have to do much. Um, I, I tried to put my um, being captain into to my game and play as well as I could to to motivate people. Um, but they didn't need a lot of motivating. The youngsters just. Very good, very good players. Um, I was very fortunate that season to play with a bunch of lads that were really committed, worked really hard and, and wanted to win. So now I didn't have to do much at all, right. apart from calm, calm my brother down occasionally. <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking as you were talking, there probably was one man you had to try and control a little bit. But, uh, but yeah. yeah, Sage was uh, always 150% uh, commitment, wasn't he? Uh, always, um, <laughs> and uh, and sometimes he went beyond that. Um, he, again, brilliant player, um, and that's uh, I think they had most of our playing career playing together. Yeah, uh, just just yeah, just superb commitment, hundred percent. 
he would challenge for everything. Um, he would be as early as he could, but sometimes late. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just yeah, I think he, I think he had a few red cards in his playing career. Just a couple, just a couple, just a couple. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, look, it's been great talking to you. Now, you, you mentioned your brother. His nickname is Sage. Yours, yes. yours is Sledge, isn't it? It can be. <laughs> is it safe to ask you why or not? It's not safe. Right. Okay. So um, that's that's uh, that's something uh, that I'll take to my grave. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, look, we won't go there anymore. Um, but no. uh, it's been great talking to you, Andrew. Thank you, Dave. You know, um, have a great day on Saturday. Meeting up with all the guys and all all the F troop there. I'm sure they're going to look after you. And Lovely. enjoy the game. What's the result going to be? Um. Well, St. Blasey are going well. They've got yeah. um, they picked up a great win at the weekend, uh, but I'm still going for Falmouth to win three nil. Oh, three nil! Yeah, Pro- probably safe that actually you did say Falmouth anyway. I think, but um, yes, but uh, yeah, three nil. Well, I shall yep. be there watching and uh, enjoy it. I'll see you there. Lovely. Thank you, Dave. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deeks Friday Fix. More of that Falmouth versus St. Blasey match later. But if that's the top match in the West, without a doubt in the East, it's Brixham versus Torpoint. And so time to talk to Torpoint's assistant manager, Gary Williams, again. But first, a quick comment about their match last Saturday. I was expecting a noble double figures last Saturday at home to credits. And Gary, what went wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Credit and a good side. Um, I think, you know, the game you're talking about, obviously, um, certainly the previous week at Ottery, we, we kind of knew that they were going to be a little bit weaker, obviously, with what's happened to them. Um, and, you know, you know, credit to them for putting the team out. You know, it'd be easy for them to, to just knock it on the head. But, you know, credit to the club. You know, I, I think anybody would struggle, you know, in any setup if the whole first team leaves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like I said, hats off to them for, for getting the game played and for carrying on. Um, we just did what we had to do. It was only two nil at half time, so was it? We'd, we'd, right. we'd, yeah, we'd, we'd missed a lot of chances in the first half and probably been a little bit wasteful. Um, so we just had a chat sec- uh, half time about a few things, and yeah, boys went out second half, and yeah, we were we were ruthless and, and got the goals. It's probably better that you did have a, a close sort of win uh, last Saturday against Crediton because you've got a big game coming up this Saturday, haven't you? Yeah, that's right. I mean. <laughs> We knew credit would be a tough game. Um, we played Axminster a couple of weeks earlier, which was was a tough one for us, um, which we came through, and, and they'd beaten Axminster the previous Saturday. So we knew that was going to be a tough We played really well first half. Um, didn't play so well second half and allowed them back into the game um, until we got the third goal. Um, but yeah, like you say, it was it was good to have a game like that um, ahead of a tough game at Brixham on, on Saturday. You know, they're, they're a team that's always up there around us and it's always a tough place to go. Um, we beat them quite comfortably at our place earlier in the season, so I'm, I'm sure they'll be they'll be up for revenge. And you know we're going to have to be on top of our game to to get something up there. In that game against Brixham, uh, you won two 0 Curtis Damerel scoring both goals. Um, it must be nice to have the likes of Dammers and and Ryan Richards up front, though, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, the, the problem, like I said before, there probably aren't too many better <laughs> partnerships around. Um, you know, they they could both play at high level, I think. Um, I think Damage has got 29 goals in all competitions this year. He's a, he's a top scorer in the league. Um, Ryan's not too far behind. I think he's got 24 or 25 uh, in all competitions. So, you know, that's been really pleasing. We, we knew that they would provide that. It was, you know, up to us to make sure that we're playing the right stuff to, to create the chances for them, which we have done, fortunately. Um, and more often than not, you know, they've taken them. Um, 
but I think the other good thing is, you know, whilst they've scored a lot of goals, you know, we've scored, I think, 90, 90 goals in the league. Um, 91? You know, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there's another sort of, you know, 50% of the goals there have come from other areas, which has been the pleasing thing, because that's maybe what hasn't happened in the last couple of seasons. Everybody's chipping in and, and it, it does make their job a little bit easier when we're not just solely relying on them to, to stick the ball in the net. Yeah, and even the likes, well, I say even, I didn't mean that rudely, but even, even Darren Hicks, who's been around a little while now, he's been notching a few goals lately, hasn't he? Yeah, Hicks, he's been brilliant for us, to be honest. He, he's played pretty much in every position. <laughs> um, he's become that sort of player, but he can do that because he's, you know, he's an intelligent player. He's a, he's a very good player. Um, you know, he's, he's been playing in defence for us more often than not um, recently uh, and doing really well for us. And, you know, when he... When he does play for other four, he generally pops up with a goal. Um, but like I say, he's been a he's been a dream for us because you know where we've needed him, he's he's played, he's not complained, he's got on with it, and yeah, he's probably although you know the strikers and that get all the headlines, he's one of those players that has been you know equally as important to us, I think, this year. So, uh, what do you play? Twenty two games. It, it's approaching the the crucial time of the season, really, isn't it? When you really have got to make sure you don't slip up. Yeah, that's right. I think you know the last time we spoke, Dave was was ahead of the the FA Vars game, and we just lost you know two two league games, I mean two of the three previous league games, um, and we sat down after the Vars game up at Wooten Bassett, um, which we lost. Um, we we didn't play well that day. They weren't brilliant, but we weren't great on the day. We didn't want to fall any further behind the league campaign because that's obviously the priority for us this season. Um, and we just said after the game, look, you know we've had a bit of a blip. Um, the important thing is, you know, it's now rather than in sort of March, April, um, and it's the way we react to it. And you know, I think since that since that point, we've we've won nine games in a row, um, you know, eight in the league, one in the cup. Um, so we, we couldn't have done any more than that. You know, we've we've put ourselves in a really good position, but you know, there's there's a long way to go. Whilst everybody will say, well, you're only one point behind Oakhampton, you've got four games in hand, it shouldn't be a problem, you know, to overtake them. You know, you know what football's like. It's a funny old game. It can, it can bite you on the bum. So we've said it every every week, you know, it's just whoever we're playing, that's the most important game. You know, the next game, get it done. Um, and we just keep going um, and see where that takes us. Yeah, we heard from Phil Hiscox earlier in the podcast that he's actually suggesting that actually Oakhampton would be quite happy if you and you and Bricks have drawn on Saturday. No one's really talking about Oakhampton, are they? No, it's, it's an interesting one because we played them first game of the season up there and, and we won quite comfortably, um, but they did mention that they had quite a few players missing, which I'm assuming was the case because after that they went on a really good run. Um, they beat us at our place, you know, fair, you know, fair play to them. We, we didn't play well on the day. Um, they took the chances they had. I think the draw probably would have been a fair result, but, you know, they got the three points um, and they're good. They're a good side. They're organised, um, very hard to break down, uh, physical side. And, you know, they're there for a reason. So they've gone a little bit under the radar, but they're top of the league. They've been there for a while now. Mm. So, you know, you, you, you can't take them lightly and, yeah, I was quite glad actually to beat Falmouth, not because I've got anything against Falmouth, but I think <laughs> kind of get fe- kind of get fed up with people talking about oh the West League's better than the East League and this that and the other, and you think well, well perhaps it's not. You know, if, if a team that's won every game in the West has has come and played the league leaders in the other league and got beaten, then then perhaps there's not too much difference between the two leagues. Yeah, I don't think it's very. It's like comparing today's football with you know 30 years ago. It's very difficult to compare East and West, isn't it? Really, let's be honest. It is, yeah. I think you know the top teams in both leagues would would compete against each other. Um, in the you know the lower teams in each league are probably quite similar, so it's not too much difference, Dave. To be honest, and I think for local football, it's been it's been good to see you know the, the teams that have gone up into the Western League, um, you know, doing well in that league. Um, 
and just showing that you know there's not too much difference between the standard of, of those two steps and I think you know which, whichever team's got this year from from both leagues will will give an equally good account of themselves next season and you know there's, there's going to be more Cornish teams in that league hopefully which is is going to be a good thing yeah are you taking more of an interest in the Western League this season um I think not taking too much more of an interest it's just you know you, you see teams that you've played against previously and teams that you know perhaps players and managers that you know so you know it's always nice to see how they're getting on um but like I say for us the focus is really on what we're doing and you know trying to get to that that standard ourselves and obviously Saturday the, the game against Brixham you're probably not going to be building it up uh as a as a crucial game but it, it is to me the winners of this game could well be you know whoever ends up winning the league well you know again like I said Brixham will be there or thereabouts um we know that um but I think Oakhampton like you say would have something to say about that uh for us if, if Brixham were to beat it if they were to beat us, you know that's that's another three points. They've closed the, they've closed the gap. So, you know, we know how dangerous that's going to be for us. Um, we've just got to make sure that we're on on top of our game. I'm sure we will be. You know, we've got a really good bunch of players now, a really good squad. Um, we've got players that have kind of been there and done it, good experience. We've got some young, hungry players as well. Um, so, you know, we'll go there full of confidence. You know, on the run that we're on, and knowing and expecting a tough game. Um, and I think Brixham will, will be expecting exactly the same from us. It must be quite difficult picking your your first eleven now, mustn't it? Because you've got a, a a pretty strong big squad these days, haven't you? You know, and and when you're at the top, you can you can you can get players interested to join you, can't you? The likes of Callum O'Brien. I mean, what's he added to your squad? Yeah, Callum's been brilliant since he came in. To be honest, you know, he's he's left footed as well, which gives us that nice balance at the back. Um, he's obviously played at Saltash and, and been a you know a really good defender for a number of years now. Um, he came to play for us really when he'd coming back from injury and he, he was getting some minutes. Um, but he came in and, and he said, you know, I've enjoyed it. I, I want to stay. I want to commit full time, which was you know great news for us to hear. Um, and the squad we've kind of assembled, it's it's nice because. You know, people will look on from the outside and think, oh, they've got him, they've got him, they must be chucking him loads of money and things like that. But actually, on the inside of it, these players are at the club because, you know, they want to play for us. Um, you know, we must be doing something right. They're enjoying it. it. It's a hobby, but it's got to be enjoyable at the same time as much as we do things the right way. Um, and I think that's shown with, you know, the players we've been able to recruit and get in. Um, and the, the good thing now is if, if we lose a key player through injury or suspension or whatever, um, or COVID, as it was last week with, with Callum, um, we've we've got players that can come in who are you know equally as good, and that's maybe something we couldn't have dealt with, um, you know, last season, season before. Um, whereas now, if if we lose a key player, uh, we're we're more able to cope uh, with the quality that we're bringing in in replacement. So, yeah, really good, really pleased. Um, you know, long may it continue. And when do you and Dean sort of pick the side between you? Do you leave it until the very last minute or um, have you already decided on it? I think Dean will have, you know, an idea in his head throughout the week. Um, but obviously, things can change. You know, last week was a classic example of that. You know, we, we found out about, about Callum O'Brien on the, I think it was the, might have even been the Saturday morning, Friday, late Friday or Saturday morning, um, that he had he tested positive. So we knew we weren't going to have him the following day. So you know, you make your plans, but you know with local football things can happen and you've got to be prepared to be flexible and change at the last minute. So, yeah, sometimes it will depend on, on injuries, you know, players coming back, is he OK? Um, but like I say, Dean will have an idea most of the week what he, what he wants his starting lineup to be. You're right. And Dean hasn't already said that if, if you win the league, he's going to come on the podcast, has he? 
I'll make him Dave, to be honest. I think it's about time he did. He's, he's avoided it for long enough. So. Yeah. I don't even bother asking him anymore now, but <laughs> I know you will. So thank you very much for that. Yeah, no problem. And uh, best of luck Saturday. Thank you, Dave. Your Cornish Next up, it's a player that will be involved in that game we've already mentioned with Phil Hiscox and Andy Street. St. Blasey are visiting Falmouth. And it's their informed striker, Liam Eddy. I can't remember the last time we would have spoken, Liam. I've seen you like that this morning, actually, Dave. I uh, haven't seen you for a long time. <laughs> well, I thought seeing your inform, you know, hat-trick hero last week, I thought I'd get you on the podcast. Oh, well, so, so kind of you, mate. <laughs> but it, it's going all right for you at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I've found a bit of form, finally. It's only taken six months, but, um, yeah getting a few goals, even having them just hit me on the backside and go in, which is quite nice as well. It's funny though, isn't it, how things do turn and you get those sort of lucky breaks. They all go your way then, don't they? Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't buy one start of the season. Um, I don't bear in mind, I wasn't fit really. Um, but any chances I did get, even if I hit them well, even the keeper would make an unbelievable save or I'd put it just wide or hit the post and nothing was falling for me. But yeah, like I say now it's just seems to be everything I hit seems to be either slipping through someone's legs or taking a deflection or something and going in. So for a striker who's scored on a regular basis, what goes through your mind when the goals dry up? Well, just think, just try and think what you're doing differently. Like you must be doing something differently, or not getting yourself in the right positions, or panicking. Um, but you just got to, got to have it in the back of your mind that one at one point something will just hit you or you'll get a bit lucky and something will fall for you. And eventually, once you get one, then usually your confidence comes back and you can the floodgates kind of open. Which luckily for me, over the last few weeks, that's happened. Yeah, uh, well, and you're certainly on form at the moment with the goals. Uh, and I guess also you're back enjoying playing, aren't you? Yeah, back enjoying it. it was, quite hard at the start of the season I hadn't really like once you've had the, the injury and then um, then it was Covid so I haven't really played properly for two years and obviously it gets frustrating because it, it took a while for it to sort of come back if you like and I wasn't really enjoying it because I wasn't playing very well and we weren't picking up the results that we were expecting to pick up at the start of the season either um, it, yeah, just I wasn't really enjoying it, but started getting before even before my little purple patch at the moment. I was starting to enjoy it again and started to feel better and just feel like I could contribute more. Cause that's the main thing for me is I wasn't feeling felt like I was contributing at all uh, at the start of the season. I just felt like I was just going through the motions, if you know what I mean. So, but yeah, now yeah, back to enjoying football again, which is nice. Yeah. What, what exactly was was it one particular injury or what? Well, I, I the um, I got injured pre-season when I went back to Helston mm. uh, so it's sort of like a reoccurrence of a knee injury but needed an operation and then the week the week I came back to playing again was the last game before um, Covid stopped the season <laughs> right and then obviously good last timing was a, you know, yeah and then last season was obviously broken up with Covid and whatever whatever we played only played 12-13 games or something it'd be last year yeah finished before Christmas so then that was another season missed where, so I've basically had two years of well in fairness probably my fault not really doing a lot and um, not playing any football so 
I've had two years of weight to shift. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's well, yeah, that happens to all of us, I guess. But um, yeah. um, so come the the summer, or how long ago was it that you'd sort of had laughs getting in touch with you and suggesting you come to St. Blasey then? Well, uh, when it sort of stopped last season, uh, it wasn't actually he wasn't actually the manager yet. He was thinking about doing it and spoke to me and said. Would you fancy it? And I said, yeah, it's definitely something to think about. Uh, see what happens over summer. And then, um, yeah, went and obviously got the band back together. <laughs> All a bit older, but uh, a bit of a comeback reunion tour. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and with all the p- people that were going there, people that I've played with uh, several times over the, over my career, uh, thought, yeah, we'll give it a go, See see what we can do with it. It's not quite gone the plan, has it? Well, yeah, it's not not as expected. Um, obviously, we've wanted to be challenging, and it hasn't worked that way. Just we, uh, you haven't played with each other for so long. It still takes time to get that bond back. Uh, it's taken a while to gel as a team again, and uh, a lot of it as well. We like, haven't been performing for ninety minutes. Laughs always talks about a ninety-minute performance. We haven't had a ninety-minute performance yet. So we'd either be good first half, poor second half, or vice versa. Usually vice versa. We normally end up going in at half time behind and then having to come out second half and fly out second half, get a goal back or whatever. And then obviously then it's that other side have their backs against the wall and we haven't been able to break them down, which has been the story of our season, really. Uh, but then the last couple of weeks, especially last week in Wendram, we've we've put together 90-minute performances. And if we could, could have done that all season, not saying we'd be... Ch- uh, be able to be challenging Falmouth with the form they've been in, but we'd we definitely be up there with Liscard and pushing pushing for second. Or you know, you never know. We could have been pushing first, or at least being within touching distance. If Falmouth did have a bit of a falter at the end of the season, you mentioned the last couple of wins, eleven goals in total, six nil last Saturday against Bodmin. How close was the performance from St Blasey of being? At your best, is there still a lot, lot more gears you can move up, or what? You can always, yeah, you can always improve. I wouldn't say it was like a hundred percent faultless performance, but we did create a lot of chances, um, which was nice, which was good to see. And I've, I've said over the last few weeks in games, if we score first, we, we got the potential to go out and murder teams because they've got to obviously come out and try and score themselves, which leaves more space in behind. Whereas when we've been conceding first that team can then sit back and we've got to try and break break them down and then we're susceptible to a break and that's what's been killing us quite a bit is we'll concede one and then we're pushing pushing to get an equaliser then get caught on the break and then go two down and then before you know it you're chasing the game then and it's hard to get three points hmm. So Saturday Farmer Town you've already touched <sighs> on they're having a good season um, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Can you, you know, you haven't played them. So, please, you haven't played them yet this season. So, have you watched them at all, or do you not bother watching other games, or you know, how, how are you going into the match? Oh, I haven't, had, I haven't had a chance to go down there this season. We've usually training on the nights that they play, or been uh, playing for Richie with the Helston Thirds or whatever to get some extra fitness. Mm-hmm. But um, well, I imagine it's a standard Westy team well, what's, a, what's a standard Westy team tell us what well, standard as, as Westy team as they, as they have been for the last four or five years they've always been a fast side good on the break uh, quite solid defensively they always always found when we played Falmouth no matter if they were 
mid-table or challenging for the top three or four places, it's always been hard to beat. It's not often that we've gone to play against Falmouth when I was at St Orstall or Helston and gone out and trounced them like by four or five. Or always been a close game against them. There's always always good games against Falmouth. Um, and yeah, it's another one to look forward to on Saturday. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying we're going to we'll definitely be going out to beat them, but oh come on, you, you must. You <laughs> well, no, we'll go out to beat. Them. I'm not saying we, I'm not going to turn around and say, oh yeah, we're going to go and beat them. No, no. But that would be a brave man, wouldn't it? Oh yeah. I, sp- uh, I can't be saying that. I'll be out of. Uh, I'll be out on. Uh, out of context, Cornish football, if I say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Now, I mean, a lot of people are saying, though, that, OK, Falmouth, they've played 20, they've won 20, but a league, the standard isn't as good as it used to be in the good old days. But you, it's still a major achievement, isn't it, to, to not drop a single point, no matter who you're playing. Oh, yeah, it's an unbelievable achievement in any league, no matter what the standard is. I mean, it's not a, it's not the standard it used to be, but you still got to go out and beat what's in front of you. Mm. And they've done that 20 times in a row. So, I mean, I think any team that goes, especially to Falmouth, and can get a point out of them, if anyone can by the end of the season, is going to have a pat on the back. And you've played for Falmouth, haven't you? <laughs> yes, I played there for, well, must have been a season and a half, I think, when I was about 19. So who was manager then? Alan Carey, would it have been? Yeah, 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 Alan was manager then. Yeah. Uh, he was manager, I think he was there. Daniel Hagan was there playing, I think. Right. And then uh, that was when uh, Buckland, I think, were the side to beat then. Right. They were near enough unbeaten all season, I think. There's going to be a, a good following behind you as well, by sounds of it. So two coaches going down, is that right? Yeah, we've got a couple of coaches going down. It's uh, Ollie Brokenshire's birthday oh. and... Uh, oh. Also, Coops's birthday, the ex-Falmouth lad. So, yeah. um, a bit of a party on afterwards. I think we're going to get the bus back, uh, back to St Austin. I think to celebrate Ollie's birthday. Yeah, a few, a couple going down. So, hopefully, have a big bumper crowd. I'm sure there'll be plenty of F group there cheering Falmouth on. I tell you what, it's going to be a real party atmosphere. You got the the squad from 1996-97 for Falmouth there. Uh, being remembered they're having a weekend out by the sounds of it I've spoken to, to Andrew Street already you guys are celebrating birthdays is there going to be any decent football is it going to be worth me going to watch the game or what well I've, by the sound of this now you've said that I might just tell last some injured and just get in the bar to be honest <laughs> <laughs> now what would he say though if you actually s- suggested that I don't think Lass would like that so much I don't I don't think he'd be very surprised, to be honest. How is he uh, managing this? How is he managing this season? I, I, you know, is he be, keeping calm and collected, or is are you guys sort of uh, raising his blood pressure a bit? Well, without we're playing, I think it's quite hard for him to stay calm and collected. <laughs> um, but yeah, same same old laughs. And also tries to get the best out of his players. Tries to, all he wants to do is to work for him, and if you work for him, then he can't ask any more. So. Uh, but well, we haven't been this season, to be honest. So I don't. I'm, he's well, he's laughs, isn't he? Everyone knows laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> right. And before you go, I, mean, I reckon you've scored. How many goals have you scored now? Fourteen, is it? Uh, yeah, fourteen. Something like that. What's your best goal been so far this season? Oh, um, good question. Probably. Uh, I think I had a good one against Godolphin when we got beat. It was on my, my, my lefty swinger, and I put it in off the, the top corner of the post. So 
for me to hit one more left foot that that far and high. It must have been a decent strike. <laughs> right. OK. Well, we'll leave it there, Liam. All the best for Saturday. It should be a great game, great atmosphere. And, and make sure you're on the pitch when the, the first whistle blows and not in the bar. <laughs> right, Dave. Thank you. See you down there. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Well, for a final look at uh, the Southwest Peninsula League this week, in the absence of Rappo, I've uh, invited Anthony Reynolds. Uh, up until recently, of course, uh, Reynolds was manager of Penzance, and he's going to give us his thoughts and predictions on the games coming up Saturday. Welcome, Renault. Welcome, Dave. Well, thank you very much for inviting me to the uh, Call of Soccer podcast. Uh, obviously, delighted to come on and um, hopefully look through to this weekend's fixtures yeah. in earnest and um, see what we come up with. Right. Now, first of all, what's it like not having to go anywhere on a Saturday afternoon? Well, it's been a joy, isn't it? Because, you know, you probably know I like my rugby as well as as well as well my football. So it's been a real mix. I've managed to get my hand on a season ticket at Redruth and caught up with a, with Nigel Hamley down at Redruth a couple of times and, um, and and gone to see a few football matches and managed to grab to see Pendance a couple of times as well, found with on Boxing Day. So, yeah, a bit of a mix, really, but just nice to have that flexibility Recharge your batteries and um, and yeah, and just just that free time. Friday evenings has been a wonder. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's not easy being a manager of a football team, is it? Not at all. You know, any anybody, and I think it's got harder. I think it's got harder over the years. You know, um, more people, less people playing the game. Um, you know, more distractions, and I just think uh, managers go. You know, a, a real hard, hard, hard to get players to play for their club these days. And, um, yeah, and I think COVID's played a part in that. I think, you know, a certain amount of players have probably packed in coming in the latter part of the third season, probably haven't come back. And we, we haven't regenerated that, that kind of youth yet to come in and, and take that over. So, um, so yeah, it's been difficult and, um, yeah, it's a real tough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say anybody not going to management because, um, myself and Phil, chatted a few weeks before I finished and he said if we weren't going to do it who is there to come in and there is less and less and um, so yeah difficult very difficult yeah difficult I think in a in a almost sadistic sort of way you do get enjoyment from it though don't you you do and you miss you know I miss that camaraderie the changing room is spirit is great the training nights are great um, and for me, unfortunately, the relief was getting to that Saturday kickoff time where you kind of thought, well, we can play a game now. You've gone through all the trials and tribulations of people not being able to make it, getting to people the training, having the excuses, injuries, you know. So when, and I'm sure a lot of managers can, can kind of speak what I'm kind of coming to here. And then it's like, you get to that three o'clock kickoff and it's like, wow. We can actually play the game now, um, and, and, it, and it's a massive relief. It, is, it sounds strange, but it yeah. is. Um, so, so yeah, you, you do miss it. I miss the lads, you know, and um, and I, I think you do. You don't miss all the other negative stuff comes of it. And I think it was the time we, we haven't always spoken since I stepped down, Panzers. But I think I think when it's that time, the enjoyment outweighs. Um, anything else with it you know I think it's about time that somebody else to have a go and, and take the reins and it was I was at that point really where you know the enjoyment was, was well below the 50% and um, mm-hmm. yeah it was it was affecting yeah. affecting all aspects of life so yeah it was it was time to, to move to one side and, and give it to give it to somebody else to have a go right okay I, you just made me think of a, a subject for a book actually the best excuses that managers are given for players not turning up for training and football games 
Oh dear, do you know what, Dave? I've heard so many, and I'm like, I really chuckle the ones I haven't heard because they're, they're far and few between now. You know, it goes from it goes from anything that you know the wife, you know, taking him shopping, and he promised her weeks and weeks ago it was planned, and you haven't heard anything about it. To to a, a pet cat that's passed away, and you know, so you go through the whole the whole rigmarole. But I used to enjoy the newer ones more than anything because it was just the you used to get the old same lame ones, you know, with the shopping and yeah. you know. Somebody, somebody's poorly, but you know it was, um, yeah. But any new ones, I used to enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember Reg Hamley uh, telling me that he had a, a player that couldn't uh, couldn't make it because he had to take his dog out for a walk or something. But uh, <laughs> but uh, there we go. That's that's <laughs> yeah. That's one for the future, perhaps. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. In the meantime, let's have a look at Saturday's games. Um, now you've done your prep, so you're probably more up for this than I am. But shall we start at the top? Bobman versus St Dennis. Yeah, absolutely. So we got Bodmin 13th, St. Dennis 17th. Um, Bodmin had a massive defeat, didn't they? I think that shocked everybody, really, on the matter of how they went down at St. Blasey last week at 6 0. And, um, <clears throat> and Darren, Darren's a very proud man, isn't he? You know, so I'm sure he will be spitting after that result. And we, we know Bodmin have not, have not kind of produced, the, you know, the goods they have done in previous seasons. And it is that cycle, isn't it, Dave? Clubs go through those cycles. Yeah. And, um, and, and, and Bobman obviously going through that as well. And, and to be fair to Darren, you know he's, he is Bobman Town, and he um, and, a, and a great man, he's a good player, you know all the pedigrees. And you know I, whatever happens next year, I hear a lot of stories. You know what's going to happen next year, Darren, and um, you know I'm sure he will want to finish the season on a high. So um, absolute bounce, bounce back ability on that one. I'm sure he'll be looking for and. Um, and St. Dennis, well, St. Dennis, I think they went down to 2-0 to Dobbles, I believe, last mm-hmm. week. Um, still looking for their first win, though. You know, it been a difficult time for St. Dennis. You know, they've had an influx of players last year come and go, and, and they really haven't really settled at all. And, you know, a bit like Penzance, really, um, just at the bottom, the, the bottom, the bottom the end of the table. And I I can't see anything more than a Baldwin win here, Dave, you know. Um Scoreline, there's got to be two, three goals in it, but I would, I would say a comfortable win for Bodmin. Right. Okay. Callington Town versus St Austell. This, well, this could be a tricky one, I think. Yeah. So to Callington, I just, you know, they're, they've been in fantastic form, haven't they? You know, they were they were down, scrapping at the bottom of the league, change of management, tenth v twelfth. Callington beats Penryn, you know, depleted Penryn as we know, seven uh, nil. Do you know Callington nine unbeaten day for the mm, moment? Going well. Um and doing really well, you know. So um, you know, they, they seem to be the form side even. I don't I don't apart from Falmouth, I I think you're struggling to find a team that have actually been nine unbeaten. So um so yeah, it's it's gonna be I would imagine on Callington at home advantage. Um Sinostal, you know, what credible result they had. They 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 drew one one list guard. Um I like Mark Smith's how he how he as a manager. He, he plays the right way, technically a, a good manager as well, Dave, you know, likes to play football and he brings in the youth as well. Um so so tough one to call, but I'm gonna go for just because Callington and just cracking form at home. A narrow, a narrow two-one, two-nil, two-nil win to Callington. I would say. Right. Of course, with the ra- with the weather we're having at the moment, a little bit wet, it might be, might be more a risk that the game isn't going to be played. Actually, it's, I think it's appropriately called, isn't it? The Marshfield Park, isn't it? So. Oh God, I've played in, in, in we went up a couple of years ago and we played in ankle deep mud, Dave. It was horrendous, <laughs> especially over by that side of the dugout. Quite, and even by the bank, it just runs down. It's yeah. just, it's just, yeah, it's a real tricky place, isn't it? And they, they do, they do struggle with conditions. So yeah, they'll be, 
that they'll be fingers crossed that they, this rain is a bit drizzly out there now, but they'll be hoping that it that it clears up a bit and they can get that game ahead. But I would say Callington would nudge that one. Right. Now, one game that I think really has got to go ahead at all costs because there's going to be loads of people there. Farmer Town versus St. Blasey. Well, this has surely got to be the game of the weekend, Dave. And you know, if I was um, if I was if I was going to one, unfortunately I'm away this weekend, but if I was going to one, it would be getting down to Bigland Park. And anybody's a neutral, I would say get down to this one, you know, because um, you know, two, two well-respected managers, you know, Fanworth uh, are looking for their 21st win of the season. Um, Westy, Westy's, you know, got that Fanworth team playing splendidly well. Obviously, the best team in the league, without a shadow of a doubt. Everything's falling in place for them. Will they slip up? Yeah, they probably will. You know, I'm sure they will at some point. Maybe a draw. You know, it'd be a fantastic effort if they continue that this run. Um, could Splay, could Splay, uh, St. Blasey uh, do a to kind of a do a bit of surprise result? Yeah, potentially. Um, I think Blasey have bagged 11 goals in the last two games, so mm. they've got goals in them. And, and I've you know playing playing Town twice this year. Um, it's hard to find faults in them, but they do leak goals now and again, and um, they do score goals. That's the problem. So, <laughs> hey, this could be this could be a five four four three or something Ooh, like that. No. It could be. A, it could be. It could well be a cracker. I see goals in this thing. I see goals. I see Blazy scoring. Um, I think Fan will score more. Um, so I'm going to go for a Fan with win. But I, I can see this being a, a four twoer or something like that. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. And uh, actually, earlier on in the podcast, Phil Hiscox suggests that he can see Farmer going the whole season winning every game. <laughs> now, I don't know that he's winding me up or not, but can you see that happening? It's, it's going to be a well, heck of a feat. It is a heck of a feat, and, you know, they're just pulling up putting so many strings at the moment and we've got you know everywhere and, and I look at through their side there isn't a there isn't a there isn't a weekend I think I think maybe because they concede a little bit too much you know they do push bodies forward really quickly and um, they like to get men in the box um, and I like how Westy's got them set up um, so they, they go back to front pretty quickly um, and, but I think sometimes teams have actually caught them where they've pushed maybe too many into the box and um, and they've been caught on the break a couple of times so you know Blazy I've got players that you know can hurt them so um, I'd be really surprised if some Blazy come away and haven't scored there um, now I said it's going to be nil nil with it but um, <laughs> uh, commentators curse but, um, yeah. but yeah no I, I think it'll be as regards to the question uh, oh, I think it's something I, just, I, I don't can you see it happening it, can you see it happening no, no, uh, 32, games. 32 games they win 32 yeah, I can't see it. I really can't. But can you bring me back at the end of the season and say what we're talking about? Yeah. But, um, I, I hope they do it away because they are the best side, and I wish Westy all the best. And um, and and they'll and they'll go up next season, and and they'll do themselves proud, and uh, they'll do really well in that league as well. So, um, but what a feat it would be, you know. So, but I, I think it'll be a struggle to do all that. Right. Penryn versus Liscard. Yeah, so Penryn lost, lost obviously lost yeah. their manager, haven't they? Recently, you know, um, which is you know which is really kind of you know Harry, Harry left, and you know I think actually I think they did beat Penzance, uh, and Harry had already left, so they picked yeah. that up those results. But they've conceded ten goals in the last two games. They've lost several players, um, you know, recently they lost the goalkeeper Adam Roebuck to Bobman, I believe, and mm-hmm. uh, and a couple of other Snooky. So. Um, it's going to be a real. It's going to be a real tough with them, I think. You know, Liscard. Liscard have kind of 
you know, I, I've always rated them, and I thought they were going to be really, really pushing hard this season. And they've had a, they've had a bit of a wobble, haven't they, Dave? You know, mm. they've, they've had a few draws, and um, I'm thinking this guy are undefeated in five, but they've had a couple of draws in there, which have really pegged them back. And I, I think, you know, if they wanted to keep hot on the tails of um, a fan, if they needed to move those draws into into, into wins. But um, so that, you know, slightly slightly disappointing. I think uh, Liscard's still in second, aren't they? Penrin 11th at the moment. So, um, yeah, but depleted Penrin side, I believe. I believe that, I think they've got a caretake manager in there at the moment, have they, Dave, down at Penrin? I, from what I understand, there's uh, three of the more sort of uh, more experienced players are sort of doing it. Um, I, yeah, it doesn't work too, yeah. though that well, does it? That no, it doesn't. I and mean, you need people on the touchline conducting as well as people on it. So it's going to be difficult. So yeah, Liscard, comfortable win Liscard. I would say three by three or four goals the difference in in that game. So I'd say a comfortable win for Liscard. Right now, your former club Penzance. This is a bit of a bottom of the table clash, isn't it? Penzance home to Godolphin, sixteenth against fifteenth. It is, and and you know um, Kevin Orsi took over for me um, and kept the lads there and kept the majority of people there was great and, and a bit of continuity and which was going to be the, the hardest thing and unfortunately the lads haven't won since the 23rd of October ironically Dave it was against Godolphin when we won four three um, <laughs> oh the double so the doubles on the double so so they've, they've got a chance to do the double so yeah so no win since the 23rd of October that's really playing on the backs so and I've watched them recently and yeah just just missing you know possession wise doing well but not not that killer killer um, threat up front which you know I, I struggle to get a striker in as well so nothing much has really changed Godolphin well Godolphin have, have turned their season round a little bit haven't they they've and lots and lots of signings. I don't mm. think I've ever seen a club sign so many people. Um, <laughs> and I was continuously looking on Twitter, and then there was a, um, a a new post by Godolphin saying they signed, which is great. You know, they they needed they needed fresh blood, and um, they've obviously improved by what they've brought in. So um, they've got two young managers, and Adam and, and Josh. Um, and again, they, they try to play the right way. Um, it's really tough on me to cause, <laughs> but they, they they did they did you know Godolphin did well they were one one with with Falmouth at half time and yeah. everybody was looking at those, that result at half time thinking God can they do this can they do this but obviously they kind of crumbled second half and and, and Falmouth you know stormed them in the end by beating them seven one um, I am going to sit on the fence and I'm going to go for a score draw Ooh, right okay yeah um, interesting. You mentioned signings that Godolphin have made. Yes, they've made a lot of signings. I'm assuming they're more for the future rather than immediately. Yeah, I think so. I think with Joshua's Josh, also Josh works for the, the the FA, so he's probably got a lot of finger in his pies with the coaches, and you know, working working like a full time pace with the FA, Cornwall FA. I'd imagine you know he has he has a lots of lots of contacts that he can get hold of on people. So. Um, they are building for the future, you know. I know, I know, I know. They're looking at their side, apart from Ed, Ed Simmons, who probably won't want me saying that. But um, they, they, they are quite young, and, and they're <laughs> progressing for the future. So, um, so yeah, it's just it's a real tough one, you know. I'd love to see, obviously, I'd love to see Panzans get the double over Godolphin, um, but I just think an improved Godolphin, um, it, it's going to be, it'll be a tough afternoon for both sides, I think. So that's why I'm going for that draw. Okay, right now, two sides that. I think everyone loves, in a way, Sticker at home to Camelford. Yeah, so Sticker 14th, Camelford 6th. Um, Sticker was six games since the win until uh, until their great result last week. Where did that come from? Against Weybridge. Um, hmm. um, and uh, I think that was the, probably 
fairly surprised result, wasn't it, Dave? I think that one, yeah. um, you know, Sticker wasn't in great form and, and have gone and played Weybridge, who I have a lot of respect for a lot, you know, and, um, and it's, um, and, and Weybridge have had a real sticky, I've looked at their 10 wins, 10 defeats, you know, they've been a little bit up and down, not much continuity and, um, and obviously, Mr. Southwest League manager Reg, isn't he? You know, um, yeah. he, he's he, he's. There's not much you can say about Reg, is it? You know, he knows. You know, he knows. He knows his side inside out. Um, and and also Steve um, uh, Sticker, he's a very astute manager as well. You know, great pedigree. Um, so it's it's two really good managers going to head to head there, isn't mm. there, uh, Dave? You know, so it'll be interesting who wins that kind of tactician kind of role on Saturday. But. Um, I think Camelford, I think Camelford, you know, I think they've had in the last four games, they've had games 2-2 in the last four games, or five games, I think it was, um, which is incredible, 2-2 two, two draws, um, which meant that they've dropped off the pace a little bit as well. So, But it's, it's a good, I think I'm going to go for a slim Camelford win, 2-1. You sure it's not going to be 2-2? Two, two? It could be 2-2. Two, two. <laughs> it could well be. That'd be incredible. You but, won't um, be surprised, yeah. put it that way. Yeah, four 2-2s two in five games. That's, that's a pretty good game, isn't it? I don't know. That's, that's uh, obviously scoreline of the season. But, um, but yeah, we'll keep an eye on that one if it's not 2-2 two, two, then. Dave. Yeah. Now, one of those 2-2s two, that Camelford got was obviously last week against Wendron, and uh, it's the last match that we've got to talk about. Wendron are away to Weybridge. Yeah, so... It'd be another sticky picture, Weybridge. This carries on as yeah. well, isn't it? Yeah, it's another. And, and to be honest, taking the, the Penzance Blazer game at the question, probably if I was going to go another one, this probably would be the other one, the Weybridge Wendridge, because I think it'll be really, really tight. You know, um, Paul Sides, he must be. You know, he must be frustrated this year. I said they've been ten and ten. Mm. Um, they've been just really inconsistent. I've been looking. They win a game, they draw a game, they lose a game. And I was looking for all the results last night, and it, he must be really frustrated that that he can't get some back-to-back wins to to push him up. You know, so but they're at home. They've got a home advantage. Um, Wendron, Mike O'Neill, I don't think manager of the year maybe outside Westie. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just think with the resource he has, budget, and all those kind of things, location. I think if you add all those things together, I think what a fantastic job he's done there. Um, and, and to be currently in fourth position, and great cup runs as well, you know, they, they've been they've been really good. And I think, you know, I think Mike's done a brilliant job. So um, I've gone for a draw. I've gone for a draw. So um, I just think, I think Wendron may be in a little bit better form than Weybridge, but Weybridge got home advantage. Um, so yeah, score draw on that one, I think, Dave. Right. Okay. Well, that's it for uh, for Saturday. Thanks very much, Renu. We've uh, I've made a note of those, so um, you know we will yeah. be commenting next week when the expert Rappo is back. <laughs> um, I'm sure he'll be uh, you know looking at those with uh, with interest. So um, the game of the day, though, as you say, Falmouth versus Blazy. I think we're all looking forward to that one. You're an ex Falmouth player, of course. Um, have you yep. you've mentioned you were at um, Bickland Park on Boxing Day? Yeah. Westy's turned it around on the pitch and he's also done it off the pitch though, hasn't he? Or the club have done it off the pitch as well. Yeah, you know, I don't think we must forget about, you know, he, he didn't come in where anything was in place, you know, he he's come in where things w- weren't so good. Um and he had to he had to work hard, you know. I think when he went there, 
we've got we went down to Bickland and you have Dave and you seen it and it was it was looking tired, wasn't it? Mm. You know the, the the hedges weren't cut, the stands were looking tatty, the change rooms was everything about it was looking tired. So they've really got together and then they've got a group of people there now and especially his management staff are absolutely perfect for him. He can he can manage the side. He's got a great coach in Charlie's dad helps him out. You know uh, Milkshi's there as well to help out when when needed. So he's got a really good management staff and obviously off the pitch they've had obviously people helping out and you know to walk through and watch and see that crowd you know as, as a <laughs> as a former player really made my you know made my skin turn up really it was just amazing to see it was a great atmosphere i don't think the game was that great but uh, aside from that family got the result and deservedly won um but it was yeah it was it was really good it's 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 the best for me it's uh it's the best ground in cornwall without a shadow that's a proper football ground and now it's been brought up to a fantastic spec so um, they're going to have some. They're, they're going to go and win this league without a shadow of a doubt this year. Um, they're going to go to the Western League, and I'm sure their supporters will be looking forward to all those great challenges and all those away trips next year um, to sort of something a little bit different than the South Western League. They've also been very different this season. I mean, how many times have you been to a game and have you seen a Pikachu walking around it? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'm a Premiership game sometimes with these little <laughs> gadgets they've got going around. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm not too sure how many of these supporters are watching the game. I did see them, but they're quite interested in beating their drums. But no, seriously, the atmosphere they produce, you know, I, I kind of had an opportunity to manage Falmouth after Robbie Stevens left. And I did have a little think about it when I stood there that day. I said, oh, what, what may have been? But it was, um, it was, it was, it was nothing more than that. And I just, um, but it was like, you know, Westy has worked hard for it. He hasn't just got in there and it's been all planned for him. Um, you know, he has, he's done exceptionally well as, as, as all of the staff on and off the pitch. Um, and I think anybody that goes down to watch Falmouth at the moment, um, you know, enjoy watching how they play. They're an exciting team to watch. And, you know, I, I go outside when I was manager at Falmouth, I kept on saying, I just like going and watching Falmouth because I enjoy watching them how they play football. So um, they've got a lot of exciting players, haven't they? So Yeah. They're relentless, aren't they, as well? And, and if yeah. they take off one player, the, the sub that comes on is just as good as the guy that's gone off. Yeah, absolutely. They've got a squad there that can compete, and that's really important. Where where a lot of our a lot of our squads are, you know, like twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and it's bare bones. And he's managed to, and success will bring you that. Success will bring you players yeah. that are happy, and will continue to will continue to play for the club. So when you're at the top of the table, it, it is easier. It really is easier. <laughs> um, but it's um, because they all want to be on that. They all want to be on that same bus. So. Um, it's it's great and you know as I said to you when they go forward they go forward in numbers but sometimes they are a little bit sensible when you know I'm not trying to pick bones here but they can be a little bit sensible when if teams can't attack them if you've got enough quality to do that but unfortunately there hasn't been enough quality to do that against Falmouth but maybe next season they may just have to rejig a few little things to, to counteract that because I, I think um, they've been they've been so good and, and so far ahead of anything in the league they've, they've managed to get away with with, with pushing as many players as they want forward, really. So, um, But no good. All good to watch. Enjoy. Yeah. Great stuff. Thanks for coming on, Rare. We'll look at the results. Yeah, no worries. And, pleasure. And uh, we'll be back to you if you've really yeah. if you've really mucked up on any of those. We will be back. <laughs> Absolutely. I look forward to it. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. You can subscribe to the Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix podcast. Search for Cornish Soccer Talking Football. Now it's the turn of John Colenso and an update on what's happening in the St. Pyrene League East. Hi, Dave. So, 
how many games do we have this week? One, two, three, four, five, six games, I think it was. So we've got Milbrook Reserves um, beat St. Austin Reserves 3-0, which is a good win for them. St. Morgan, um, I know we spoke to Ash last week, beat Callington Reserves 5-0. I think he was expecting a closer game, but um, St. Morgan ran out 5-0 winners with Ben Bold, Harry Tilson scoring two, uh, James Olsen and Aaron Hawking, but no Rory Jarvis this week. No, I noticed that. You know, we 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 bigged him up last week, and now he doesn't yep. score. Did he play exactly either? Yeah, it doesn't look like it. No, he. Um, yeah, that's what I was expecting. Oh, they scored. For, you know, they've won five nil. He must have scored a few goals. And <laughs> no, he's not even in the lineup. Ah, well, they obviously don't need him. You see, they're obviously not paying him enough, are they? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then next game, Saltash United reserves um, three sticker one. Saltash Borough finally got back to form. They won 6-2 against Launceston Reserves. Henry Bunning scoring another two. Sonny Casson, Kieran Owen with two, and Charlie Hine with one. Mm. So Saltash Borough back on the winning trail again, still in second place. Yeah. So that's a good win for them. And then Morwinstow two, Torpoint Reserves five. Uh, Byron Robbins, Dan Tate, Charlie Steams, and Alfie Fotheringill, I think it is, with two. Fothergill, so, isn't it? Fothergill, is that what it is? Well, yeah. Now, I, I must admit, I had to look at how he's done this season because that's the sort of name that would almost be out of a Just William book or something, isn't it? Alfie Fothergill, yeah. I like that. Yeah, So yeah. I, I did wonder... Now, I, I can't recall seeing that name before this season. How's he... No. You know, is this his first game or whatever? But he's actually played 12 games and that was his first goals. And he's got oh, all of them in one game. Yeah. There we go. He's, um, he's found his scoring run at last. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There we go. So yeah, well maybe done, that's what they needed. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So that leaves the league table now with St. Dominic in first, Salt Ash Borough second, and Salt Ash United in third. So uh, nothing's changed, and Salt Ash Borough are back on the winning trail. Right. Okay. So what's happening this Saturday? This Saturday, we've got St. Austell Reserves against Bude. Uh, Launceston Reserves against Sticker, Morwinstow against Saltash United Reserves, and then a tight, a close game for the wrong reasons, really. St Dennis, who are in 14th against Callington in 13th, so they'll both be fighting for points there when they try yeah. and get themselves at the table. Um, clash of the day, I think, is St Morgan in 4th against Polperro in 5th. That should be a good one. Yeah. And the last fixture is Torpoint against Millbrook. Right. I thought that might have been a Christmas, um, Easter game or whatever, but uh, obviously not. Yeah, a bit of a local derby. That could also be an interesting game, couldn't it? I think when it when it comes to being a derby, it's a, it doesn't matter where you are in the table, it's always a tight game, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. So um, the game you would go to by by sounds of it, St. Mor- um, yeah, St. Morgan St. against Paul Perrow. Yeah. yeah, that would be, be a good game, I would have thought. Both battling, obviously, to get up the table as, as high as they can. Um, so yeah that's the game I would choose right we also need Bude to get a little bit higher I know they've got games in hand but we need them in the top five so that they can uh, at least qualify for possible promotion into the promotion yeah Yeah, that's right right, come on Bude sorry yeah it's all very well having games in hand but we've been saying points uh, are better on the board (laughs) that's right right thanks very much John okay thank you your Cornish Soccer Podcast Well, to help me with the Superior League West Division, I've enrolled the services of the skipper of uh, top of the table side of Luggan. Good evening, Steve Abbott-Smith. 
Hello, Dave. Privilege to cover for Rafo. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for doing this, Steve. Um, let's have your thoughts firstly, though, on, on obviously last Saturday's 2-1 win that you got over St. Day, which meant you uh, took over from them at top of the table, wasn't it? Yeah, massive game. It was like, all you know, everyone's been talking about this game for weeks now. Um, but we're just released more than anything, to be honest, because it felt like a must-win game. Well, it was certainly played like that. It was like a cup final. Yeah, it felt like it, to be honest. Like in the build-out and the warm-up, everyone's like sort of nervous. And yeah, it was felt like a bit like a cup final, actually. Cool, blimey. It was, um, well, there wasn't a lot of nicely styled play going on, but it was certainly sort of no one pulled out, did they? No, it works like that sometimes, doesn't it? When you get the two top teams, they're never like pretty games, if you know what I mean. They, they're just sort of like more battle games because no one wants to lose. Yeah, sort of. that's right. I, I thought you took a, quite a while to, to get a goal in the first half when you were playing downhill, you had the wind behind you. I thought, are you going to regret not getting anything out of it? And then, of course, out of the blue, Don Batchelor, with a <laughs> How far away was it? Oh, just inside our own half, wasn't it? Yeah, it's, it's his... He always, we always have a little joke saying he gets one a season <laughs> and um, he even said in the warm-up saying he's going to have it today but yeah, I agree that the start of the game we yeah we thought it was pretty awful to be honest St. Day was much better first 20 minutes mm. and it took a while for us to settle down and we got obviously you could say a bit of a fluke goal and then a, a nice build-up goal I thought for Ashley Smith's goal and it could have done with one more to be honest going down the slope and make it a little bit easier but yeah what, uh, what was Mikey's message at half-time then? Um, his message was of if if you said before the game we're two 0 up at half time would have took that. Oh, so they still have to enough. score two and yeah. yeah. And they took a while to score their, their goal. Um but I looked at me watch and there was still twenty six minutes to go and I thought, Ooh, are you gonna hold mm. on or what? Mm, tell me about well <laughs> it, it out straight away because they had Tom Langford Simbin like straight away in the second half and it's like, right, calm down. You got, you know, and then then ten minutes, them ten minutes seemed to go quick, <laughs> and then we end up getting Anton Simbin, and then those ten minutes felt really long, and then obviously they got the goal, and you're thinking, oh, here we go, yeah. But no credit to everyone, like it's a bit, bit more of a holding on second half, wasn't it? Other than set, well, both sides to be honest, it was really set piece game, wasn't it? That's where both, yeah, it looked like they was going to score second half, and they did get one from it, but yeah, yeah. and. Um... Well, I thought you were actually, as the game went on, towards the very end, I thought you were getting back on top again. And, and if anything, you looked more likely to score than they did. But then the captain of the Luggan <laughs> goes and gets Sinbin with, what, minute to go oh. or whatever? What were you doing? Oh. <laughs> Lesson learned, wasn't it? Yeah, I had to be fair, the ref gave me a few ones, but I, I took a bit of an elbow from Rob Warren and Rob Warren and I just, you know, I, as you do, eh? F8 ref and then <laughs> be fair to the ref straight away right I've told you you're off and yeah lesson learnt now I think and, and yeah relief again relief when the final whistle went because I think that was coming on me if we drew did did you look at Mikey when you came off when you walked off the pitch to go to you know to start the sin bin um, Mikey was alright I don't think he realised I got sin bin and then <laughs> um, Walsty was the one he'd give me some evils and yeah I just I said I'm so sorry yeah all <laughs> uh, right great stuff anyway it was a great game I, I i must admit i did enjoy watching it and i don't know what the official attendance was but you, you can always tell when you go to oxland, oxland park and you have to park your car so far away from the ground so um i'd, I'd stayed home watched as much of the argyle game as i could 
Cool. And, yeah. and, and then obviously got to your match um, slightly after kickoff, but it was still nil nil. So because I had a park so far away, that was a problem. But uh, you'd probably done the chip shot, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was the other direction in the housing estate. But uh, but yeah, it was a, a bit of a way away. But uh, there we go. That's my my fault being for being late. Anyway, now that I'm a senior citizen, I mean one pound fifty. I have to say it was very good value for money. So uh, all it was. Oh. Yeah, great game. Yeah, you, yeah, you yeah. won't get your wages paid from me, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was you. you. That means by beating today, you swap places, the lug and go top of the table. Were there any other results from last Saturday that sort of stand out for you? I'll go through them if you want. Yeah. So, um, Hale beat Redruth 6-1, which convincing result, really, and the highlights on YouTube that you can watch. Um, Cameron Irish getting a hat-trick there, which... Takes him top goal scorer with a margin now. He's on 20 goals. Halston beating St Agnes. Could say that was a bit of a shock. 3-2. Mm. Um, but then Halston, I noticed they did have a few of the third team boys in, which might sound silly, but they strengthened them. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's Pay getting two for St Agnes, which takes him up to 16 goals, which he's having a great season. Yeah, we mentioned him quite a lot um, yeah. as a regular goal scorer. Is he, is he a big guy, small guy? You know, what's he like? Um... I think he's a like a big striker up top. You think he, he might if, if I'm I got the right one, but he's got like a ponytail, bright boots, one of them, but oh, big right. lad and yeah, he seems to be scoring the goals, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. Um Mullion beating Wendron four one, keeping the pressure on last and St. Day. They're uh, flying to be honest, I think. I think that's a great result. Taron Porth losing to Mausel six 0 and I'm you go for the Mausel team sheet, I'm not, not quite sure why they're down so low. They they've got a great little side on paper. Yeah, and um, and the goal scorers. I mean, some of those have appeared for the first team this season. So uh, you're right yeah. in in thinking that um, perhaps they've suddenly woken up. Yeah, probably probably that, or maybe just managing to get them all on the pitch at the same time. Yeah, but, yeah, and then fourth eleven beating St Ives three um, nil. Same as St Ives. Their their team on paper, like you and Rafa talk about it. <laughs> um, that team on paper is. Sinai's is like you're looking at it it's like Jesus how are they yeah. where they are yeah we say that every week Rapp and I and uh, I know. You know, we, we are assuming that it is pretty much the regular sort of side from I don't know the last three four five seasons isn't it so are we right in thinking that or have they got a lot of new players um, yeah well I, I'm, I'm a bit of a sadder and look at the team sheets like every week when they come out and uh, they're not they're not got the same team every week but they have got three or four there that you're talking with getting most teams in the league so Mm. So um, yeah, it's a bit bit strange, but uh, they did pick up a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, no, no. Yeah. You, you mentioned Mullion just now. They're they're putting or keeping the pressure on you and and St Day. Now, for the likes of St Day, Mullion. Well, actually, it's the four below you, isn't it? They're all a uh, plus true city. They've all got this thing to play for in the sense that they could they could get into the peninsula, couldn't they, with a top five finish. Yeah, and that that should keep them going. It, it depends. Like I know they've all applied, but whether they're actually all going to get accepted or like go through with it, is a, it might be a different story. Like, like I know maybe chatting the other day, it might be what they can do. But if they are going for it, then yeah, if all they've got to do is get the top five finish, well, I think Mullion will probably be there, won't they? Instant day. So yeah, I would have thought out of the out of the ones have applied, St Day and Mullion are, are going to have the better chance, aren't they? But I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know what's involved ground grading, but I would imagine 
Well, I can't see lights at either of those, to be honest, but there we go. St. Day and Money, and they've obviously got plans for the future. Yeah, two seems to be, well, St. Day, definitely. I know more about St. Day than Money, but off off the pitch, the committee there seems brilliant. It's a really well-run club, so they, they probably deserve it, if, definitely. I suspect St. Day and, and Helston, probably the, the biggest clubs, well, getting on from one of the two of the biggest clubs in the county, I guess, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, you could say that. The, not just the men's teams, but the youth youth section as well. Like same with us, our lugging the completely full up, and you go right through from under fives right through to under sixteens, really, and they're all they're all full up. You're turning players away each week. Oh, that's interesting because um, someone said that to me the other day. They got um, uh, well, I would imagine he must be under ten, that sort of age, and his mother said that, that she can't get him in anywhere to to play football. No, it's sad for the ones that miss out, and hopefully more clubs. Because I'm sure when I was a kid, there was there was more clubs with youth setups, but it doesn't seem to be as many like mm. this this time. Okay, that's mm. uh, one for the future. But in the meantime, let's have a quick look at uh, the games coming up this Saturday. Yeah, so this Saturday we have Hale versus St Ives, which I think could be a cracking game if. I'm not going by St Ives this season but overall they've been two of the best sides in the league yeah. um, last few years um, Mullion versus Perrinporth Mullion should be looking in that one definitely considering they've got St Bay and us to play in the, with the next two league games Ooh, right. so that's a big one Redruth versus House um, St Agnes versus Ludvin two of the surprise packages this year I'd say mm-hmm. up there um, St. Day versus Wendron. A few excellent Day boys in the Wendron team probably looking to prove a point. St. Day looking to bounce back. And Truro versus Elugan, which is a refixture literally within the last, well, last day. Right. That presumably is because you were scheduled to be playing well, weren't you? Which uh, um, I only chuckled because obviously it's not, a good reason that you're not playing them because of COVID, but um, they play on the same ground, don't they, as True exactly. City? <laughs> we could have just told everyone just to turn up the same place. It wouldn't make no difference, yeah. But to be fair, that's fair play to Mark Waters at Elugan because I think he was straight on that after the game on Saturday. He, he obviously knew Paramount was pulled off and he did say, well, True haven't got a game. It's exactly the same place. If True are willing to play us, we'll, we'll step in. And Right. Yeah, it's happened. Have you played True yet this season? Um, we have, yeah. So we actually, they're one of our losses. And ah. I, do you know what? It was one of the games I missed um, for my wedding. So um, I think it was 3-2 and it was two very late goals. Right. So we do have a bit of bit of a grudge there, really. <laughs> right. OK. Yeah. And a couple cup games. Yeah, a couple League Cup quarterfinals. Um, well, interesting ones because you've got Malzu versus St Dominic. Malzu are... 14th in our league and St Dominic at top of the east mm. but like I said Mausel on paper are a very good side and with that travelling that, that could be a good game that one right. um, and the other game is Paul Flevin versus Saltash Borough which again the Saltash side are second in the league and Paul Flevin are 10th so a couple it, it, upsets potentially in the... yeah it, it's quite a, this is a competition isn't it where actually it's, it's west against east in all the games isn't it who have you um, got? Are you still in yes, this competition? Right. Uh, no, this is the League Cup. Yeah, we play Wendron next week. Ah, right. It must be the yeah. the um, Intermediate the, Cup that I'm thinking of. 
um, the Intermediate Cup was um, East versus West, yeah. wasn't it? And then they all the, all the West won, and then the semi-final is all ah, West. Ah, right. Yeah, you then, got it. Yeah. You're on top mm. of it more than I am. Right. You've got Wendron. Can you remember what the other uh, quarter-final is or not? The other one is... Oh, no, I can't off the top of my head. Is the league... No, sorry, Dave. Oh, there you can go. Have a quick... Bring back Rappo. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> you were doing so well. <laughs> yeah, because the other quarterfinal is next week with us, isn't it? And yeah, yeah, that's okay. We'll be talking about that match next week then. But um, in the meantime, Babo, thanks for uh, coming on. Um, what's been your favourite game this season? Favourite game this season? Wow, well, Saturday just gone because. Well, we leapfrog St. Day in Rappo's words. <laughs> <laughs> nice place to end. Thanks very much. Yeah. Thank you, Dave. Cheers. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. Was there any leapfrogging going on in the East Cornwall Premier League after last week's results, John? Um, Rappo's famous leapfrogging, eh? Well, even, even you know, we get a guest on, Babu, and he's using the same word, I mean, or the same phrase, you know. Oh. Everyone's leapfrogging. Everyone's leapfrogging. Sounds interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right. Yeah, nobody's leapfrogging Alton on at the minute. They went, uh, they played at home against the Newland East and 1-5-0, so they're still unbeaten. Um, with Josh Smith and Sam Smith scoring another two, so I know they both score regularly week in week out. Um, next game we would have liked to have leapfrogged Foxhole, but we didn't. Sinclair two, Foxhole four. Um, they were very good, very strong. They had their second team available as well, unfortunately, so they had a, a good pick of players to to come down. Um, we started off well. We were we went two one up, um, but they just they were clever in what they did they've got some good experienced players in their team um, and they picked us off a couple of times when we went all out attacking um, Tyler Cheshire in particular was very good on the day and Lee Rickard at the back played well as well so just too strong for us on the day unfortunately mm-hmm. um, and then we go St Mimber 5 St Blazy nil. so St Mimber stay top and keep winning their games don't they so they're, they're looking strong and, and doing very well at the moment um, St Stephen on a good run of form recently lost 4-0 at home to Gunners Lake um, Ashley Small Kieran Prescott with two goals and Liam Ragland for them St Teth were at home against Newquay Academy and won 3-1 so that's a, a good win for St Teth I know um, I spoke to Will Kitto when we played them and he said they didn't have the most difficult of run-ins he was quite optimistic that they could pick up quite a few points towards the end of the season, so they've they've started well, haven't they, with a three-one win mm. against Newquay Academy. So we'll see where that takes them. Yeah, as the season goes on, do you think St Minver are becoming better and better? It's the same side they've had for a while, Dave. But yeah, I know what you're saying. They do seem to be more. Yeah, they're they're sort of bonded well, aren't they? And, and they're they're just doing what they need to do. They just keep winning games and staying at the top. Obviously, they've. There are a couple of games ahead of other people, but um, like we've always said, you know, the points on the board is the most important thing, and they stay top of the league at the moment. Yeah, they must be a little bit annoyed that they dropped points at Lou um, uh, last month when they drew nil nil, mustn't they? So yeah. apart yeah. from that, though, I mean, the last two games they scored eleven goals, so they're certainly yeah. nowhere yeah, back of the net is now. That's right. Yeah, they're certainly doing well, aren't they? Yeah. Okay. So um, what have we got coming up in the way of fixtures? Um, unfortunately, only four fixtures this weekend, um, and one of those being a Friday nighter. St. Blasey down at Blaze Park against St. Stephen. So, 
I think there'll be quite a few managers there watching that one just for an evening's football. Yeah. Um, and then we go on to the Saturday. We've got a good tie. Alton on in second against Gunners Lake in third, um, which makes you make a good game. And then Newquay against Lou. And again, a good game. St. Clear in sixth against Tall Point in fifth. Right. So, I mean, I would go to Alton against Gunners Lake if it was me, but where would you choose to go? Um, I quite fancy it, only because I know, and I'm, obviously I'm a bit biased, but I would fancy the Sinclair Tall Point games. <laughs> we always have good games against each other. They're always like four threes and three twos and stuff. So, yeah, it's a, but obviously the Alton on Gunners Lake game is, is of big interest to us as well. So, yeah, they'll both be good games, I'm sure. Right. And of course, anyone, um, nothing to do this evening, Friday evening, 7.30 kickoff, St. Blasey against St. Stephen. Um, yeah. A, a mid-Cornwall, well, not quite a derby, but it's a mid-Cornwall match, isn't it? It is, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see that one. But it'll be good to see, I'm quite tempted to go just to see what St. Stephen are like now. They've got under new management and a few players back, um, just to see how much they've changed from the start of the season. Right. Okay. Thanks very much, John. Okay, thanks, Dave. You're listening to the Cornish Soccer Rappo and Deke's Friday Fix. That's pretty much it for this week's episode. Apart from, we leave you with a frostbitten Rappo and his usual roundup with the remaining Saturday football. From me, wherever you go to watch, enjoy and stay safe. And as usual, Rappo gets the last word. Hi, Deeks. Just got in from a snowy Ross County v Livingston 1 1 draw. Don't think we've ever been as cold at a football match before, mate. Um, even more gutted when I saw Inverness drew 3-3 with Partick Thistle, which was about two minutes away from our hotel. But but never mind, mate. Pick the wrong game again. The scenery was nice on the 25-minute drive up there, though. So, you know, that was nice. Um, thanks for the time off, Deeks. Uh, sorry if me teeth are chattering. Anyone. I'm still freezing, but... Uh, think Rachel's enjoyed her birthday, mate, and, and thanks also to Reno and Babo for filling in for me this week. It gave the listeners a break from my tedious voice, mate. So here's the local roundup, Dicks. Um, in the combo league, in the combination league, Penryn cut the deficit on Alston to three points last Saturday with a 2-1 win at home against Mullion. But the leaders then went and beat Gunavan at Kellaway Park on Tuesday night to open up that six-point gap again. So uh, nothing's really changed in at the top of the combo league, Deeks. But Penryn do have that game in hand. Uh, third place... Sorry, not third place, mate. Third from bottom, Cold Rose. After losing 9-0 at home to Pendine, a game we mentioned a few weeks ago, Deeks, only went and beat them 2-1 away on Saturday. So um, I'm going to get uh, my It's a Funny Old Gaming, Deeks, uh, quote for that one, mate. Um, Halston travel to St. Day and Penryn make the journey to the Lizard Argyle, mate, this Saturday. Two games to watch out for their results. In the Dutch League, Deeks, uh, Deeks Division 1 East, big result of the day was fifth place North Petherwin, beating long-time leaders Southgate Seniors 5-2. Um, <clears throat> Southgate have actually dropped five points in their last two games, mate, so they're uh, starting to struggle, mate. Jack Digby scoring four out of the five goals, so a good afternoon for Jack. New leaders Bude 
won 5-2 at third place Boscastle in another big game. It seems a popular scoreline on Saturday in Dutchy Division 1 East takes 5-2. Um, in the other big game last weekend, um, sorry, sorry, Deeks, I can't read my writing and my teeth for chattering. The big game this weekend, I should say, mate, is Leaders Bude. Uh, they entertain 8th place Salt Ash. Um, Division 1 West, Nampian stayed 7 points clear at the top with a 2-0 win at AFC Bobmin. 2nd place Lanivit had a hard-fought 2-1 win at Tregrain Mills. Um, with 3rd place St Merrin just about keeping their unbeaten record intact um, against bottom team St Evel winning 2-0 at home. St. Colin Major stay in the well, they stay in touch with the leaders, thrashing Los Withiel 9 0. Um, the big game this weekend sees second v third as Lan Ivet hosts St. Merrin. Could that 14 game unbeaten record go this weekend, Deeks? Um, in Division 2, St. Morgan won 2 1 at Gunners Lake. I think we mentioned that last weekend, Deeks, and they did. Uh, go up to second in the table with that win. Um, obviously behind runaway leaders and big favourites Foxhole, who are in Junior Cup quarter-final action this weekend. Uh, they could cut the gap even further with a victory at fourth place Boss Castle this weekend, which looks the top game in that division. Uh, on to the Trelawney Premier League, Deeks. West Cornwall, they actually went level on points at the top with St Just, with their 5-0 win at Stithians at the showground last weekend. Uh, the bad news for them is, though, the Tinners got four games in hand. Um, third place Praise could keep themselves in the race if they win at Newlin Non-Atletico this weekend. <coughs> Excuse me. Division 1. Uh, Frogpool won the big game last weekend, the third v second game at Glyger Croft, beating Redruth United 2-1. But they still trail leaders of Luggan by four points and having played a game more. None of the top three play this weekend, although there is a, a tasty looking local derby at Chasewater when they entertain St Day. On to Division 2, Deeks. Well... A day of shocks, really, Deeks, in the, in the lower divisions, mate. New in Titans. They had to put their title celebrations on a bit of a hold after going down to a shock 1-0 defeat at Gunavon's Green Manor. John Stafiri with the all-important goal. To, um, but uh, and, that, and that gave the leaders their first defeat of the season, Deeks. But, but they still know that two wins from their last four games will give them the title. So uh, their closest challengers, Formth United, they took full advantage to keep the pressure on them um, by beating three milestone 4-0 at home. Uh, new in Titans will be hoping for better luck at home v St Ives Mariners this weekend, Deeks. And if they win that one, they'll leave themselves, you know, needing one win from their last three games. So a big game for them. Division three. Well, another shot, Deeks. Um, Long-time leaders, Probus, mate. They also suffered their first defeat of the season, making the long sh uh, trip to Curie to play drop ship. 
um, and they lost 2-0 with goals from Nick Moss and the experienced substitute, my old mate Pete Norfolk. Um, Koharik won 2-0 at home to Mullion and that sets up this weekend's big game when Probus are the visitors to Koharik in a third v first class. So all eyes on that clash. Um, finally, Division 4, the top two both had resounding victories last weekend with leaders Falmouth United thumping Storm 6-1 at home and second place Perham Porth having an impressive 4-0 victory after their long trip to Ruin Minor. So it was probably an even better trip home, Deeks. But uh, third place St Just travelled to Dropship this Saturday. Um, well, Perham Porth got a big local derby at, at Ponsmere at home to Gunavon. Um, who have to travel that uh, one mile down the hill for that local derby, mate. Um, and not forgetting those massive Junior Cup quarter-final fixtures coming up this weekend. We've got St Just v Polperro Reserves, Dobwalls Reserves versus Nampian, Wendron Fourths v Luggan Reserves, and Foxall Reserves versus North Petherwin. So there's five East teams and three West left in the competition so it'll be interesting to see who makes the semi-final stakes uh, and, don't, and don't forget all games kick off at 2pm remember um, have a great weekend's football everyone wherever you're going um, hopefully I'll beat my old club Halifax versus Notts County in the FA Trophy hopefully Deeks but but that could change yet mate but um, everyone hope you have a good weekend's football and wherever you go Deeks Hope you enjoy it, mate. Cheers, everyone. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Your Cornish Podcast.